0: And welcome in to another episode of the Media Boat Podcast, your weekly episodes for everything covering movies, TV, music, and video games. Not necessarily in that order, and I am feeling a whole lot better and sounding a whole lot better.
1: My name is Mike. His name is Matt. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. Thank you for joining us. Today is September the 17th, 2022. I am thoroughly caffeinated and ready to go. Because this is going to be a long one. We have a lot to talk about today. A lot of thoughts. Ah, uh, so let's get right into it. Because yeah. we don't have time to dawdle. Well, it's episode uh, three
0: forty nine. Yes. As, uh, September seventeenth. Yeah, you know it's September because things are happening. Yes. So let's get right into it. Yep, and we start everything with the move movie section
1: we were going so fast you didn't even have the notes up
0: we're going so fast <laughs> yes. uh we start with the billboard yes, section music yeah, Music section. billboard
1: section we start, we
0: start Correct. The music section with the billboard we, we start the billboard do. with the hot 100 and the hottest song back at number one as it was as it should be Harry <laughs> styles back at number one as it was as it was as it were as it will be uh, forever and ever, amen. <laughs> uh, at number two, Bad Habit by Steve Lacey. Yep. Coming in at three, Late Night Talking by Harry Styles. It's two in the top five. Yeah, it is. Uh, coming in at four, though, is Sunroof by Nikki Yore
1: and Daisy. I finally heard that song on the radio. It's fine. It's fine? It's fine.
0: All right. And running out your top five, It's About Downtime by, uh, we'll get there, but yes. Emmy Award-winning Lizzo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, as for your albums chart, your Billboard two hundred at number one, "Umbrella and on T by Bad Bunny.
1: Yep, back at number one. But back in number two, "Dangerous," the double album by Robin oh, Wallen. I'm guessing this got um, a tour bump. I believe he's on tour. Yeah, his, he's on uh, tour now. So yeah.
0: Yep. Uh, coming in at three, "The Sick, The Dying, and the Dead" by Megadeth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, dropping down from number one to number four. God Did, dropped down to number four <laughs> on my list, uh, by DJ Khaled. Yes. And rounding out your top five, Harry's House, by Harry Styles. Harry Styles, having a good summer. Yeah, solid. Uh, he has not left the
1: top five in a long
0: time. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't like any of those albums, we have new releases. All right. Uh, starting with God Save the Animals, by Alex G. Red car. Les Adorables Etoiles <laughs> by Christine and the Queens. Yeah, good French. EBM by Editors. Moss, all caps, <laughs> Moss, not to be confused with The Game, Moss. <laughs> or The Football Player Randy,
1: Moss. Or The Stuff That Grows on a Rock, Moss.
0: Or Famed um, uh, Actress Elizabeth, Moss. Moss. Uh, this is Moss, the album by Maya Hawk.
1: Yes, Maya Hawk of Stranger Things fame.
2: This
0: is her second record already, right. believe it or not. Uh, we also have Flowers by Peter Matthew Bauer. All three of them. Uh, Exister by The Soft Moon. Typical Music by Tim Burgess. And lastly, <laughs> Coping Mechanism. <laughs> All caps, yelling at you in one word, yep. by Willow. <laughs>
1: there you go. All right.
0: All right. Uh, if you're up there um, screaming, like, why don't you make a flowers joke and a Willow's joke, uh, <laughs> we use it all on Moss, by the way. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> all right. So let's get into um, some music news. Yeah. Starting with some follow-up with Cardi B. Yeah. As she has accepted a plea deal regarding the 2018 strip club incident in which uh, the rapper was charged for allegedly ordering an attack on two bartenders, Sister Jade and Batty G, at uh, Angel's strip club in Queens, New York. I don't remember if we reported on this back in 2018. We did. I think we did, yeah. We definitely did, but there's just no movement uh, following it. Uh, So, Cardi B pled guilty to two misdemeanor charges- for third-degree assault and reckless endangerment and has been punished to a celebrity (laughs) um, punishment of 15 days of community service. However, the original incident included 12 charges, including two felonies. Uh, All 10 of the remaining charges were dismissed. The sisters claim that Cardi... Uh, believed that Jade had slept with her husband, offset of Migos, yeah. who were performing at the club that night, and ordered her staff to throw <laughs> bottles and chairs at them. <laughs> they also claimed Cardi threw at least one bottle at them. Wow. A source close to the rapper described the attack as spontaneous and says it began after someone threw a drink, adding that nothing was planned. <laughs> The women were reportedly injured but declined medical treatment. Following the 2018 incident, Cardi uh, turned herself into police and
1: received a summons. This is another reminder of one that uh, celebrities usually just get a nice little slap on the wrist yes. uh, instead of actual punishment, and two um, that how much of a difference there is legally between planned, it's like throwing a bottle at someone, and <laughs> spontaneous throwing a bottle at someone. Uh, regardless, this is probably how this was always going to end. She's too big of a name to really get uh, more severe punishment than this, unfortunately, or unfortunately, depending on who you believe in the story. Uh, but regardless, what a weird, weird, weird situation. Like, just what a weird combination. Like, a bar brawl ends up going to, like, a plea deal like this. It's just such a weird thing for Cardi B to be involved with. Yes,
0: but by accepting a plea deal, that doesn't mean that she now has a criminal record. N- n-
1: yeah, I guess. It, it's part, That's part of it. You have to plead guilty to it. I mean, what rapper doesn't, though? Let's be real. It, oh, So, so you're saying goes... it's to give her some more street crowd? Maybe. Maybe, maybe to a certain crowd. Maybe. Um, also, it's not like she has to worry about like not getting employed in the future. She's Cardi B. That is her job. So does the B stand for bottles now? <laughs> God. Yeah, I don't know. Like I'm I like, tiptoeing around. Like I don't know how much I should be joking about this because they did get hurt. Yes. These two bartenders, so like, I don't know how funny it really is, but it's just weird, is what I'll say. It's a
0: weird, complicated thing. Right, but uh, it went through the justice system. This was the result. Yeah. Um yeah, went well, through the could, justice system. <laughs> you could appeal it, but this is also not a legal podcast. Yeah, so we have no idea
1: what we're talking about,
0: but uh, hey. That happened, this is the thing that happened, and this is the story. Yeah, but that thing that happened in New York. Yes. Now, the thing that happened at the other side of the country. Yes. California. Wait, hey. I think I'm pointing the wrong way. Yeah, right. uh, and that Here. is... Here, we, we really wanted to point at California. Yes. We pointed at the soil beneath our feet. Yes, because the lineup for 2023 Stagecoach Festival yes. was announced and includes one very familiar veteran of yeah. the festivities. Yeah. That of American Idol fame, <laughs> Luke Bryan. Yes
1: who will indeed be making his... The original guy who sang about corn. Yes, who will be making his fourth (laughs) headlining
0: appearance... Is that joke two weeks too late?
1: I think it might be. might be. Anyways.
0: Uh, ...in the California (laughs) desert, along with two stars that have made regular appearances in the festival but have moved up to headliners in the slots since then, that being of Kane Brown Mm -hmm. and Chris Stapleton. Golden Voice, um, the producers of the event, yeah. announced that the performers and date of the 2023 gathering uh, just a little more than four months after the <laughs> yeah. 2022 I festival. I feel like we place. just did this. I mean, this always happens. Uh, technically, yeah. this was happening in October, right. but they're doing it a month early. Sure. Um, that's probably because we're going to have big Coachella announcements in October. <laughs> yeah, we're just soon, in yeah, it. Maybe. So, yeah, with the announcement of Stagecoach, obviously, this means that people are. Are hot and heavy, and get waiting for that Coachella lineup. <laughs> well, it's hot because it's the heat of the desert. But how much is this going to cost me? Because these things are usually pretty expensive. Yes, and the prices have actually increased in uh, the past. So prices and passes range from $389 for advanced general admission uh, to $1,500 uh, plus taxes and fees <laughs> for general admission standing in the pit, Or... If you actually want some actual
1: reserved seating,
0: <laughs> a nice two grand Ugh. for the event.
1: See, why wouldn't you just buy season tickets to your favorite sports team at this point? When you're getting up to the thousands of dollars. Be- oh, <laughs> because like for a seat licensing to purchase to buy yeah. a seat, that's five
0: thousand dollars just yeah. for the right to buy the seat. In to addition to, to in <laughs> addition to buying season <laughs> tickets year after year. Yikes! And if you don't buy for a year
1: for uh, a stadium, you lose your rights. Oh, yeah. Well, I know, I know that. But I'm saying still, I feel like that's more worth it than this for one weekend. I don't know. It's an expensive seat for $2,000. Yeah. That's what I I'm think saying. Though, I think, though, compared
2: to other festivals, I mean, it's gone up. It used to be 300 Yeah. But yeah. if you really think, like, how many
0: acts you get to see for
1: yeah. three. It's, it's a lot
2: of acts, yes. Coachella's, oh 600
1: a ticket. Yeah, no. For the for basic the, stuff, yeah. I understand. Yes. But for the seats, it's just well, I, exorbitant.
2: I have a friend that corral last year were, i think they changed the name but she paid a thousand and i'm like you paid a thousand for like the weakest lineup <laughs> in stagecoach history i will yeah. say, it's okay
0: they can pay 1500 now for it yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> since i'm being recorded i think this is a really well-rounded yeah. lineup there's i mean i was actually
0: yes. gonna say like what do you guys <clears throat> think of the well line? i have your notes from last night which is okay. love it
2: I mean, I think it's, I think it's a really good
1: kind of mix of older guys and new. You get Brooks and Dunn, who I thought would headline. Okay. Yeah. The legacy act, right? Yes.
2: Following the footsteps
0: of like Leonard Skinner. Yeah, Alan Jackson. Alan Jackson. What could have
2: been? What could have been Alan Alan Jackson? Yeah. um, My brother, even the second this came out, texted me. He's like, "This is our like." This is, we're finally getting this type of lineup yeah. after what could have been in 2020, the lineup that never happened that had like Alan. Um, yeah, but you get
0: Spritz and Ved, you get John Party, uh, Turnpike Troubadour, who's oh, your the favorite. For, <laughs> uh, <because laughs> <the> turn- <laughs> I was going to say a first time for Turnpike, but we kind of yeah. knew
2: that because now they have a relationship after Palomino. Right. So I really I enjoy it. People will argue, oh, Luke Bryan's been there too many times. But it's like <laughs> when you think of like trying to round out a good lineup, you have Chris Stapleton and Brooks and Dunn, which kind of appeal a little bit to an older crowd.
1: Right. You have
2: Kane Brown that really appeals to the older crowd, and I could see Luke. I, it I know the younger I think crowd. it's not just me who could see Luke Bryan a hundred times and the <laughs> bored. Oh yeah. His, it's so perfect for, like, a festival. It's high energy the whole time.
0: You know, everywhere... I also hate phone. to break it to everyone listening, but Luke Ryan has the hits.
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing, is he's in this piece... He's in the part of his career right now where he's straddling both lines, right? Yeah. He's mm-hmm. been around long enough for the older heads to know him, and he's also... He's still making music that's relevant like, enough for the younger kids like to know. Yep. him. Uh, he's still uh, making waves. You're right. <laughs> yeah,
2: in 2012, I saw Luke Friday was playing in the afternoon. Yeah, like, it's, it's 10 I, years ago, I, yeah. And... Uh, which... That line of, nothing will beat it. Because after him, it was Blake Shelton and then Miranda yeah. Lambert. Which, yeah, like, you can like, give it can't man, that. Man, yeah. but...
1: Which brings up an interesting point here. So this is a stagecoach happening in the wake of a schism, I guess you could say, in the country community. After the uh, Marin Morris versus Jason Aldean uh, yes. family feud. <laughs> Um, so, do you think that will af- has that affect the lineup? First of all, are there people that well, maybe that you would think that would have sh- would showed up here, like a Marian Morris that are not on the lineup? Well, at this well they were last year. Aha. So usually, okay. they try to
2: not repeat.
1: Right. So, okay. So she wasn't to be going been, to be there. Anyways. Yeah, and obviously
2: Jason Aldine's not there. He's okay. another one that's been there. Quite he's been there before. before. Yeah. He and Luke Bryan are kind of
1: like. Right. You they know, usually.
2: When in doubt, throw in a stick. And then that, that was that talks Chris Stapleton. That, <laughs> that was kind of funny that that was people's complaint. I'm like, <laughs> Luke Bryan's, like, the, yeah. the perfect, like, when you're out in the desert and you're, like, you want... Because, like, you want high energy. Yeah. right. Chris Stapleton... Mm, you need your
0: festival wear.
2: Chris Stapleton's going to be awesome to see because, like, the last time yeah. I saw him, it was, like, 4 p.m. at Stapleton. Yeah, and, but it's a different vibe. I get what you're saying. it's such yeah. a different vibe. And, and it could be a little interpreted a little bit slow and not really festivally after Kane Brown and especially Luke Bryan bring the energy.
1: Kind of reminds me of when you guys were talking about when Casey Musgraves was there. Initially you guys were like, how is this going to play for a festival? But But when you experienced it, the vibe worked because it's a different thing. Yes. It was a time and place. And
2: I, I know it's sort of like akin to Garth because like Ty had, my brother had told me before Garth was a headliner in 2018, He's kind of better, like in a in a, like an indoor, because the energy is different. Right. And right. and it didn't quite portray as well. And part of it was that it was crazy windy and like the thunder was rolling on his little like nineties microphone. But like, <laughs> wait, um,
1: that's very fitting. Uh, I that song, it was like, yeah, I was like, wow, realistic. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but um, yeah, so it could. I mean, I think it's still gonna be awesome. Oh, okay. sure. I haven't seen mm-hmm. sta- we haven't seen Stapleton's what, well, like 2016? Yep. Since he was at stagecoach. stagecoach. at like 4 p.m. in the blight So it'll be
1: really cool. Brooks and Dunn. I...
2: I mean, yeah. Sunday's fantastic with Turnpike. Don't sleep on Turnpike, listen. to them. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, there you they go. They are fantastic. Go to the Palomino and watch them. yeah I think they'll be on
1: the Palomino. There we go. How long, hot summer day?
2: A long, hot cool. stagecoach.
1: Well, that sounds wonderful. So that's a rave review, uh preview of the stagecoach. And you guys will be there in April next year, so... Report back in a few months
0: here. Yep, we'll report back. Uh, yes. Maybe
1: do a live show from maybe our compound. <laughs> compound. Anyway, but uh, let's move on uh, yep. from our Stagecoach uh, discussion and to
0: some music we listened to this week. Yeah, uh, I'll go first and I'll be brief. Uh, okay. Scrolling in right into Stagecoach. Yeah, country, a country, country here. album here. Uh, Little Big Town put yeah. on a new album called yeah. Mr. Sun. Oh. Is uh, there a Mrs. Sun? Mm, maybe. <laughs> Uh, So this follows (laughs) their revolution of their previous album from Nightfall, Uh now into Mr. Sun. Oh, they woke up. Yeah. Um, So last album, I really loved it, Nightfall. I thought everything on it was a hit. Everything was great. They were harmonic. They were into it. I really loved Nightfall. So coming into Mr. Sun, I was one, surprised to see that it dropped. Uh, And then two, it was like, okay, let's give this a listen. And immediately right off the bat, I got hit with 70s, Flower power, country, <laughs> vibes. All right. A lot of um, steel guitars, a lot of happy, think uh, electric light orchestra, think okay. um, Mr. Blue Sky. Mr. Blue Sky, yeah. Yeah. you so get with uh, a lot of Mr. Sun. You call
1: it Mr. Sun, that's obviously what you're trying to get at. Yes, that's yeah. a lot of
0: what you're getting here. Um, <laughs> it feels like a double album because it's an hour. Okay. Um, so the first half is all that, all 70s vibe, all high energy. And then you do the back half after Gold, which by the way, Gold going to be a single... That's, like, the best thing on that album. Okay. But then after that, it gets uh, back into, like, the country kind of, like, okay, each one of us can have our own solo song. And I don't really dig enough of the back half of this album. Okay. To really, like, enjoy it as much as I did Nightfall, which was cover to cover, like, a sure. great album. Sure. But that first half is such a night, it's such a 70s summer vibe that I was just, like, cruising down PCH listening to <laughs> it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's summertime. Even though it's, like, September and summer's ending. Yeah, wrap it up. <laughs> but, yeah, hey,
1: it's still there here in California where it's going to be hot for the next two weeks at least.
0: But at least it's not, like, burning hot. <laughs> nothing hot like it was before. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, a uh, little Big Town, I was of the album. Um, they've been around. This is, I think, is their eighth studio album. So, mm. if you heard them, you'll like them. If not, it's... <laughs> this not so-so. It's not going to kick you and grab you into it. I get it. The first half, like, the first six or eight songs are the gems in Mr. Sun. Yeah. The back half is more of like your experimental stuff. We're gonna see what throws th- throws a throw to the wall, see what sticks. Okay. Not a whole lot to like write home about. Except for gold. Um Gold is gonna be that song that comes out of this. Outside of Mr. Sun, which is also in here. Okay.
1: Okay. All right. So, Little Big Town fans. Check that out. they uh,
0: coming to stagecoach? Uh no, they were there two two times ago. So okay. twenty eighteen,
1: I think. All right. Now, let's move on. So I listened to a handful of things. Uh, I'm going to start with two pop records, because it won't take very long talking about these. <laughs> so yeah, a uh, big release week, uh, Week, by the way. Um, there was stuff that I didn't even get to. I listened to the first couple of songs off of the um, Death Cat for Cutie record. They are mm-hmm. back. And uh, didn't finish it, so I won't be talking about it too much. It's Death cat for Cutie. Yes, uh, That's more much. or less what you probably figured it would sound like. Uh, but yeah, one, two things I did listen to, though. Like I said, two... Pop records that come at it from different angles. Uh, Born Pink by Blackpink, the K-pop, the K-pop group. Yes. And Hold That Girl by Rina Sa- Sawayama. So, the I'll talk about Blackpink first. So, yeah, um, I ex- like dabbled in the K-pop stuff ever since it started blowing up over here. Uh, I listened to a BTS record a couple times last couple years. Talked about that briefly here. Said before that it just, for some reason or never just doesn't click with me. Well, sad report. Same thing with Blackpink. Um, oh no,
0: your old ears are forbidding you from listening. to I don't
1: to it? know if it's that. When I listened to this thing, uh, I went into it being like, "All right, is this the moment where I get into K-pop?" Because on paper, you think it'd be something I would enjoy, just like big maximalist uh, pop music. But that's the thing: is the thing about K-pop, and the thing I discovered with BTS too before, is it's not only that. There are songs that are that, and those songs I enjoyed. But there are also songs that are a little different in vibe. And these just don't jive with me as much. There's a lot of rapping, just like on a BTS record. That kind of, not exactly what I'm looking for. Um, and also, just like tonally, I was actually surprised with what this thing is. I associated with Blackpink with all younger listeners. Uh, there's some stuff that's on this record that's surprisingly not for younger listeners. And I was like kind of surprised by the content on this thing. Not that I'm like approved about it. I just was like, oh, that's what this is that's what these girls are doing okay all right uh, but yeah not really my thing but uh i think people who are big k-pop heads are gonna love this um is very much in that wheelhouse it's not very long it's about nine tracks okay. um, so it's digestible for people who just want to pop in, and have a good time and then finish i think it's a good like end of summer pop record if you want to have that kind of thing but a better end of summer rock uh, pop record in my opinion is hold that girl Rina saliyama Serena Sawiyama's been around for a little bit, a hot second. This is her second record proper. Um, she's made a big splash, though, in the pop scene. A lot of people are seeing her as the next Gaga. Mm. And, yeah, that's ultimately what this thing sounds like. It's very big, widescreen pop music. Um, there's a lot of interpolations of, of existing pop songs. There's a song that um, uh, uses, like, the, the melody from Ava's uh, Man After Midnight. There's a lot of... There's a lot of uh, borrowing from Bowie and, like I said, Lady Gaga. She's dabbling a lot of different kind of pop sounds, but they're all huge. This record sounds massive, and every song tries to outdo the one that came before it. It's just so fun uh, to listen to front to back. I don't know if it's the best pop record of the year, but it definitely swings for the fences, and I have to admire that about uh, what Ria Sawayama is doing. Also, it's interesting, uh, coming from a queer person of asian descent it's cool to see that kind of unique perspective in pop music and she leans into that with her lyrics about like like understanding who she is and like trying to accept that and like how that works in her like in society and stuff and so yeah there's a little bit of depth to it while also being just like wall-to-wall like overproduced but in a good way in my opinion <laughs> uh pop music That's, I think, going to be the dividing line here. I think a lot of people, uh, like, for example, the Pitchfork review was very, like, was criticized that element of this, which is that they said it seemed like a lot. Um, That Every song kind of felt like it was too many things all at once. But I don't know. Maybe it was just the mood I was in yesterday morning. I was like, yes, I'm here for this. Like, give me huge, massive, overproduced (laughs) songs. And that's exactly what this is. So, yeah, if that sounds appealing, uh, check it out. Uh, I think people who are looking for that early Lady Gaga kind of feel will love, love, love this. All right.
0: Uh, so let's hold that girl vibe. Yes. We're going to say.
1: Sawayama. Sawayama. Yeah. I had to say that a few times to really get it. Uh, but yeah. And then uh, lastly, just really briefly, this is more. Uh, har- a harder sell, but I will try to sell it. It's a harder sell, but this is one you're going to rave about. Oh, though. yeah, yeah. No, this, was, this is probably one of my favorite records I've heard all year. Uh, this is Expert in a Dying Field by a band called The Beths. I've talked about The Beths here before. You yeah, have talked about The Beths. They're before. a New Zealand band. Um, a couple uh, In 2020, I talked about their last record uh, and loved that one as well. This one's even better. Uh, it refines their sound a little bit. This is kind of a compromise between their first and second albums. First one was a little bit more of a raw guitar sound. The second one was more produced and had slower ballads. This one kicks the ballads out the window, keeps the production, and brings back the guitars. And I think that it's definitely a fun, like, power-pop-influenced guitar-pop record. If you like When Weezer Is Good, for example, you might like a lot of this. Um, This has elements of that kind of, like, 90s-influenced guitar sound. It sounds amazing. They have really g- have a good ear for melody. I think it's the best the singer uh, Liz Stokes has sound, sounded um, on record. I just saw them in concert last month, so it was really cool to have like early previews of some of the songs on this thing, and they sound even better here. Okay. Um, also, a, an album that feels very summery, coming out at the tail end of summer. Um, so yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with this one. Uh, so if that sounds appealing, hey, that's here, an expert in the dying field. By the bets, so yeah, three good records. Uh, maybe one that wasn't really for me, but I think a lot of people will be obsessed with. So, bangers this week. Oh, we love some bangers here. Bangers,
0: all right, let's move let's on. Move on then, speaking of bangers, speaking of bangers, oh boy, video games, yes, lots happen in video games, but first, we got to talk about new releases. I do, uh, starting with. Construction Simulator, another one of those sim games for everything but the Switch. Yes. Deathloop coming to the Xbox Series X. This was
1: a bit of a surprise launch. Microsoft did not talk at all about uh, Deathloop coming to Xbox this week until basically some people started seeing it on their dashboards, little ads for it. Mm -hmm. But it makes sense because this week will be the year exclusivity window ends for the PlayStation deal. Yep. So, yeah, it will be coming to Game Pass, so if you have Game Pass, you'll be able to play Deathloop. Also, this coincides with the first big drop of DLC, so there will be new stuff to do uh, in Deathloop if you already played it on PS5.
0: Yeah. Um, you'll also be able to play this on PlayStation um, Extra and Yes, uh, Premium Plus, whatever it is. Yeah, Extra
1: and Premium, yeah. Yeah,
0: um, uh, If for uh, PlayStation,
1: if you have... Subscribe to those. Yeah, so yeah, if you missed Deathloop the first round, this is the best time to play it. We also have Solstice! Yes, not, not the, the gym. cycling game. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely thought that while I was for uh PS5,
0: Xbox Series X and PC. The Dial Field Chronicles <laughs> for everything but the Switch. Yep. Uh no place for bravery no place. on the Switch and the pc serial <laughs> cleaners for everything including the switch literally everything yep and lastly session colon, skate sim <laughs> everything but the switch yeah uh this is another session game yeah in case you
1: didn't know what session was now it has a subtitle yep it's a skate sim <laughs> it's convenient right all right so uh, just a, some context for the next bit Three different companies did, like, direct-style streams this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nintendo, PlayStation, and uh, Ubisoft. So we'll break down most of the news from both of, of all three of those. But before we do that, we have some general bits of other stuff that happened. So here's the general
0: bits that occurred from before or yes. during. Or
1: after. It, in they between. Kind of sp- all, all sprinkled among them. Yeah.
0: So first up, uh, Sekuden... One and two remasters were announced.
1: This is exciting because uh, the Suicidin series has been kind of sleeping for a long time. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think that these are classics of the 16-bit RPG era. Uh, These are the ones that have like 90-something different characters that you can play as over the course of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Way, way before that was the norm in free-to-play games. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's cool to see HD remasters of those games. Yep. Uh, Call of Duty Warzone 2.0
0: got a launch date of November 16th.
1: So, this more or less will co- coincide with the launch of uh, Modern Warfare 2 2022. Yes. Uh to differentiate <laughs> it from Modern Warfare 2 2009. Um, so yes, and so uh, this will be a completely relaunch of the Warzone platform using the Modern Warfare 2 engine. And uh, that's also when the Modern Warfare 2 season uh, like pass will start as well. So... Mark your calendars on for that if you are a Call of Duty nut. Bessie. Ah, thank you.
0: <laughs> Again. Again. Wow. Where'd that come from? Okay. So, also, um, if you're a fan of The Sims, yep. The Sims 4 will be going free to play in November.
1: Yeah. This is very exciting for Sims people. Uh, this was a purchase, to like a $20 product up until now mm-hmm. um, that you, uh, for the base game. Of course, all expansions and in-game like items will still be for pay, but at least you'll be able to jump right in and have a pretty robust Sims 4 experience uh, for free now. I thought they did the same thing with Sims 3. Yeah, they did eventually do that before the launch of 4. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, this is, again, just like Deathloop, if you have been waiting, this is the time to jump in on Sims 4. Yep, uh, right before Sims 5.
0: <laughs> right. Imagine that'll be announced soon. Yes. It has to be with this announcement. Um, also, in a series name change yeah. update, the Yakuza series yeah. will be renamed to Like a Dragon. Um, this means that Yakuza, like a dragon, will yeah. not be Like a Dragon, like a dragon. <laughs> no, I'm sure the, the, <laughs> the
1: existing games will stay what they were named, but
0: going forward. Yes, this means that you can jump right into Like a Dragon 8 yes. and Like a Dragon Ishin, both of which were announced.
1: So yeah, so this is probably a good call. I think the Yakuza, is the name. <laughs> which is how it's pronounced, the Yakuza series has not really been about the Yakuza for a few, uh, for a few titles here. Yes. And also, the tone of those like, games, the name does not really do it any service, because from what I understand is the modern Yakuza games are fun and bright and colorful and are about the stories about these individual characters and less about gangsters and no, the activities about of the like actual family. Yakuza. And so yeah, and so this reflects that kind of tone change. So yeah, like a Dragon Eight will be the next game in the proper series. It will be turn based, just like Seven was. But Ishin is the interesting one here. It is actually a remaster of a Japan only release that came out between Six and Seven, oh. and that had the characters from the series basically playing as like people in like in Japanese history. So like it takes like it takes place in like. Long time ago, and but the same people playing different <laughs> characters. It's like as if those characters were actors instead of... Yeah, yes. it's complicated, but yeah. So this is a current generation remake of those games, and they're actually going to be released here for the first time. Okay. So yeah, uh, if you're a Like a Dragon fan, I guess is what I have to say now, yes. uh, this is exciting news. Like a dragon.
0: Right. um in sad news.
1: Sad, is, is it?
0: Well, I don't know. Other sad if news if you're square, I guess. If you're square. Uh
1: Babylon's Fall
0: <laughs> will officially be sh- shutting down.
1: Yeah, this was a live game that Square Enix released last year to very little fanfare. Mm-hmm. Uh got panned uh critically and then had maybe like seven people playing it on steam like in after its release so yeah makes sense that they would shut it down after the year mark they're just like no one cared about babylon's fall
0: yeah also sad news uh 343's Bonnie ross yes. is stepping down as company lead
1: yeah Due to
0: a family emergency,
1: yeah, this is a sad one. Uh, Bonnie Ross has been the person basically th- at the forefront of 343's stuff, like she's the one that would come out for Halo announcements mm-hmm. at Microsoft's press conferences and stuff. But yeah, and to see something that seems to be out of her control, uh, something that happened in her family, um, being the reason for her to step down, it's kind of sad, and it also comes at a complicated time for Halo, as we know, and we've reported on the show before, Halo Infinite is in a weird spot. Um, a lot of its elements have been delayed, and a lot of the fans are disappointed by multiplayer updates. So to have this happen now, uh, for them to have to restructure their entire leadership, it's a mess. It's just must be wild over there. But, of course, our hearts go out to whatever's happening in Bonnie Ross's family, and we hope, uh, hope that gets better. Uh, it sounds like, though, it's an issue that is pressing enough for her to need to quit her job. So, yeah, uh, rough, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yep. Um, yeah, it's
0: always tough to hear. Yeah. And lastly, in video game bits, before we get to the uh, announcements. Yeah. Splatoon 3. Yes. Yes, that's Splatoon 3. Sets so a new one day sales record in Japan.
1: And reading that story, you might think oh, for the Splatoon series, right? No. Oh, for Switch? No. Oh, for all video games all time in Japan? Yes. Wait, really? Yes, that's what this story means. 3.85 million copies of Splatoon 3 sold in, in a day, one day in Japan, which is a new record for the country of Japan for video game sales. Like everyone <laughs> in Japan downloaded Splatoon 3. Pretty much. Uh, I think the math is is like 2%. That means like, what was it, like 12% of people in Japan bought a copy of Splatoon 3 on day one? <laughs> yeah. It's.
2: Or pre-ordered.
1: Well, it's hard to get twelve percent. I'm borrowing a joke from the bombcast, but uh, it's hard to get twelve percent of any people to do anything yes. uh, in any country. So it's amazing that this happened. People love Splatoon in Japan. It is a phenomenon over there. Like I think we downplay it because it's kind of a medium-sized hit over mm-hmm. here. But yeah, in Japan, it is a cultural like moment when a Splatoon game comes out. Now it is, yeah, it is that big. So yeah. It' quite quite a record to set. So, Splatoon 4, in development. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine Splatoon is not Our going to Or Splatoon away. 3
0: DLC, in Anytime development. Anytime soon,
1: yeah. Um, and from what I hear, uh, Splatoon people love uh, what's in that game. It seems like if you like Splatoon, it's more Splatoon and it's better Splatoon.
2: Yay! So, hey,
1: good for you. I have literally never played Splatoon. I always played Splatoon. I probably should. I probably would like it. But, uh, yeah, it just never never happened. Almost played
0: us uh, Splatoon 3, but we'll get to what I played instead. Uh, yeah, we'll in get in the a bit here. We'll get there. Uh so now that all the little bits are out of the way, yes. we get to actually meet up all these conferences. Yeah, let's
1: go to the chronological order. So let's actually start from the bottom and move up. Alright, start from the bottom move up.
0: Starting with last Sunday's announcements yes. from Ubisoft Forward.
1: Yeah, we talked about it a bit on the podcast that we were going to miss the news. Well, honestly, we didn't miss much because all the big news we already knew about.
0: Yep. Um and all the News that like, we care about from the business side with the ten cent thing.
1: Yeah, well, I guess I don't have that here, but we'll
0: talk about you it. You don't have it here. Well, we
1: no, we talked about it last week. That's yeah, fine. we talked about it last Check.
0: week. Check. So we already talked about that. Yes. Um, so, from Ubisoft forward, Assassin's Creed Mirage yeah. was officially announced and promptly shown. shown yeah. uh, it will be shorter
1: than most games in the series. Yeah, which I'm sure is a welcome uh, news for people who spent... Basically, an entire year uh, working through all the content in um, in uh, Ragnarok, R- Ragnar- Valhalla. Jesus. Valhalla and yes. Odyssey and Origins. It's okay. The, a- the right a- 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 Viking game is coming yeah, out we'll later this year. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, but yeah, this uh, features a character from Valhalla and kind of features them as the, the star. And yeah, it's a more digestible, like, eight to ten hour experience. Okay. So yeah. Uh, Assassin's Creed in a more digestible form is probably appealing to a lot of people.
0: And taking a page out of the uh, Master Chief collection, yeah, Assassin's Creed Infinity yeah. platform was announced.
1: Okay, so is it that, though? Because it doesn't seem like it's that. You well, saw... it's a service... Yeah. It's going to be a service game. So Ubisoft is being very confusing, and I think a lot of media outlets are even confused about what exactly Assassin's Creed Infinity is. Mm-hmm. My personal understanding about what they were trying to say is, it is a development tool, I guess, or like an environment in which Assassin's Creed teams can make Assassin's Creed games that are, again, just like Barrage, in smaller format and iterate them on them quickly. And so it's being promoted as a product, but it's not really a product. My understanding is that products will be made through Infinity. And that's something you can buy. I don't know if you can buy Infinity and you get future products. That I'm still unclear about. But anyways, it will be a platform where they release two, so far, two announced games. Yeah, games. Well, or uh, codenamed games. Yeah, right that now. will eventually come out. One called Red, uh, which will be the game set in Feudal Japan, Mm -hmm. because, hey, everybody's doing a game in Feudal Japan right now, so why not jump on it? Um, And then two, the one that actually sounds interesting, Hex, or Hexy, I'm not sure. It's Hex. Hex, which will be about witchcraft, which sounds pretty cool. Um, Yeah, and so those will be games, Assassin's Creed games, using Infinity as its platform, Mm -hmm. essentially.
0: I mean... They've gone away from doing numbered titles and doing these, like, individual standalone adventures. But this also means that we're missing out on, like, the little in-between stuff that happens. Yeah.
1: And I'll be able to reiterate on them quicker. It'll be more games, more opportunities, different Mm -hmm. themes, which is good. Because half of the fun of Assassin's Creed is being like, Oh, I wish they did Assassin's Creed in X. Or I wish they would do it here. Or I wish they would do it about that. Well, now people will get those faster. You know, a lot of people will get the Assassin's Creed game that they've always wanted.
0: Hey! hey.
1: All right.
0: uh, speaking of getting the games you always wanted, yeah. Mario & Rabbids Spark of Hope gets an official release date of October 20th.
1: I put this here because I wasn't sure if it had an official release date. I think date. it did. Uh, so yeah, we've seen bits and pieces of this at previous Ubisoft and previous Nintendo showcases. Yes. Um, it looks mm-hmm. like, again, just a sequel to that Mario & Rabbids game. So if you like that one and see. I think a lot of people did. I think it was pretty well received. Right, here's more of that. So, more rabbits being weird and uh, uh, Nintendo characters with guns. So, hey, something for everybody, <laughs> I guess.
0: Uh, but yeah, that's there. Uh, we also, They also announced Skull and
1: Bones. Well, no. Uh, they trailer. announced that years ago, but we're yes, finally, finally getting, getting a trailer. Yeah, more footage of it. Uh, we also have,
0: as you called it, just Dance 2023. <laughs> it's not hard to call. Okay. There's one of those every year. This year is no different. Yes, this year is no different. It was shown. Um, also shown, uh, Rainbow Six mobile yeah. game, which what's, is. What's that? I think it's just Rainbow Six on your phone.
1: Yeah, it turns out this is Ubisoft probably uh, seeing the success that um,
0: call, call of Duty, Duty Mobile yeah. has had
1: worldwide. Yep. Also, PUBG Mobile. You know, a lot of shooters have gone mobile. It makes sense that they have the opportunity, a popular multiplayer shooter franchise. They should do it too, and so here's them doing it. Uh, and we also have, the, have announcements from
0: The Division. Yeah. Which will continue to get updates into its fifth
1: year. Yeah, that's been a lot of Division. Didn't they come up with The Division 2? Yeah, I think this is the fifth year of Division 2 is what they're saying. Okay. The game has been around for a while. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Ubisoft does one thing really well, and that is supporting games long after release. And they continue to support the Division. Unlike Babylon's Fall. Yes. Thank you, Square.
0: Uh, Speaking of the Division, we also have the Division Heartland, which is a free-to-play survival shooter. Right. That was also shown during the showcase. Um, And last two bits here. The Crew (laughs) 2
1: will be getting
0: Ice Tracks. Yes, another game
1: that is somehow still getting supported after years of nobody caring about the Crew 2. And lastly, from Ubisoft, uh, Castlevania characters will be added to Brawlhalla. Yeah, again, they just keep supporting these games that came out old, like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Good for the communities. I guess the communities are strong enough that they want this content to keep coming. Either yeah, they're vocal enough to <laughs> keep having this content. Maybe so that was
0: Ubisoft forward. Yeah. All right. Then we get into th- oh wait no, no we have more oh, two more two more shows directs happened. happened. Including like Nintendo Direct.
1: All right, so well, this was the biggest, probably, showcase of the week. Uh, a lot of strange things came out of this. Uh, well, let's start from the back and move back in time, I guess. The end. Yeah. Back in time. So
0: we're going to start with Fire Emblem colon engage. Oh no, what we're next? starting to
1: the top then, I guess. Huh? Okay. I know, that that was the back, right? Okay, the back of my news, but the top of the. Showcase <laughs> okay,
0: so we're going to start with nine new yeah. N64 games. We're coming to the Nintendo Switch Online,
1: uh, including really
0: do, GoldenEye 007.
1: Yeah, okay, it's gonna be released to all other platforms as well. Yeah, so let's break this down. So, yes, before we get to GoldenEye, nine new N64 games this includes some classics like Pilot Wing 64, which I don't think they've ever re released, uh, 1080 Snowboarding, um. The Mario Party games starting with one and two and I think three coming next year. Ooh. Pokemon Stadium one and two, what which nobody saw like thought they were gonna do. Although there was a sub-fine print on those, you will not be able to import Pokemon. So uh, this is yes. not a preview or like a spoiler, oh Nintendo's gonna do Game Boy on Switch. No, not yet. Nope. This is just gonna be, so if you didn't play those games. There are teams you can rent. There's rental Pokemon that you can play as your teams for the single player content in Pokemon Stadium. I imagine that will be the focus of this. Mm-hmm. Also, those games had mini games uh, that are fun, uh, so it'll be cool to show people the uh, the mini games that, that, that we used to seen. have. Exactly. <laughs> like I'm going to show Christy the Sushi Go Round mini game from Pokemon St- Stadium One, which I played. So much of when I was a kid, that is literally your lick-a-tongue, lick and you're grabbing a sushi, sushi off of a rotating sushi <laughs> round. It's so much fun. Anyways, so those games um, are coming out for this service. But the biggest news was Gold 007. So, context here. GoldenEye Gold 007 was a game developed by Rare, which is a stone studio now Microsoft owns... <laughs> And was also, of course, had the James Bond license, a license that no video game company has the rights to anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Rare had it for that game. EA got it for several years. Activision had it after that. Now, of course, uh, the rights are wrapped up in MGM, which is now an Amazon property. Mm-hmm. Um, so they haven't made any individual deals, although, except for IO Interactive, the Hitman people, we know have been working on a James Bond game for the last couple of years. So all of that is to say, the rights must have been a disaster uh, to get to remake GoldenEye 007, which is why we've heard rumors over the last, I swear, five to ten years of an HD remake in some form um, coming to uh, current platforms. Well, rumors are over. It's finally happening. But the way it's happening is bizarre. Nintendo is getting it through the Switch Online. However... From what I can gather, what we've been told, it is not just an up version of the N64 game, like literally every other re-release from mm-hmm. N64 has been through the Switch Online service. No, this seems like it is the fully remastered, HDified version okay. that other platforms are getting as well, with one catch. Online multiplayer. You would think in most situations, the Xbox version would be the one with online multiplayer makes sense right yes wrong no for whatever reason this release is getting reverse treatment the xbox version which will be of course the one that is in 4k and maybe like the prettiest version and the mm-hmm. pc version as well the one you would think would be the one that would be fullest featured will only have local multiplayer will not have an online mode so that means you can hey, get you three screen. other people classic in 64 style and play on your couch. It does, there is no matchmaking in those versions. For some reason, and this is baffling to people uh, in the media right now, the Switch version will have online multiplayer as well as local multiplayer. Ooh. Meaning that if you want to play online, you have to get it on Switch, which is a weird sentence to say. A lot of people are confused by this, but I think I have the reasoning. One theory that I heard on a podcast was... Maybe Nintendo dragged their feet on the release of this because they wanted something to sweeten the pot. Like, they thought they were getting, like, a lesser deal. So they wanted to do that. I don't think that's it. My theory is, the Switch Online service, one of the things that it has promoted is its online multiplayer. Even for NES and Super, Super NES games, you can jump on the original Super Nintendo version of Super Mario Kart on the Switch service and do online play with your friends. You've been able to do that since they launched it. So I think it was the opposite. Where Nintendo was like, well, we want... You have to put online multiplayer in this because we have online multiplayer for all of our N64 games. And then maybe Microsoft was like, well, wait a minute. That was going to be in our version anyways because that's what we had done with the Perfect Dark Ray release. Mm-hmm. And that's what it, how all the game multiplayer games on um, the Rare Replay platform had done. I wonder if Nintendo was like, well... Okay, but yeah, but like you like that doesn't that's not special enough. So it was maybe them, but also like they wanted to instead add, they wanted to take away. Uh. And so I'm thinking that's what it is. So no matter what the Switch version was always going to have online multiplayer because all of those games do. Right. It's just it feels like such a bizarre world for people who are used to, "Oh no, I'm going to get an Xbox because that's going to be the best version of this." So yeah, uh it's going to be weird when this thing comes out, because you're going to have very like a firm division of what version people want. Uh, regardless, it'll be really interesting to see that thing finally come out. I believe the PC version leaked last year, and you had some streamers being able to play it. Well, now, everybody will be able to play mm. it. Oh, yeah, I mentioned Rare Replay, the last weird wrinkle to the story. If you own Rare Replay on Xbox... You will get this for free. Really? Yes, it will just show up in your package. They're adding it retroactively to the list of games in Rare Replay. Ooh, which is hilarious. And PSA: Rare Replay is currently like seven bucks on the Microsoft Store. So if you didn't buy it and you missed when it was on Game Pass, buy it because you now get a bonus game, which is probably going to retail for like fifteen to twenty bucks by itself. Right. So yeah, there you go. That's uh, a little backdoor knowledge there.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Anyways, uh, Nintendo announced a lot of other stuff as well. Yeah, more stuff from Nintendo, including Pikmin Four, was announced. Uh, Kirby: Colon Return to Dreamland getting a Switch port. Yeah. Footage of three of Wave
1: three of yes. the Mario Kart eight courses was shown. Yeah, uh, we which talk about a few of those. I know you're trying to speed through it, but uh, yeah, Pikmin Four that's a big announcement. The Pikmin two came out in like 2013, so it's been a while. For The Pikmin franchise, uh, return to Dreamland is interesting. That was a Wii game, um, that's getting mm. the uh remake for Switch, and yeah, and that uh, they showed a couple of the courses for Mario Kart 8's uh, third wave of new courses, which should be coming in a few months. Yep. Uh, wave three of four, yes, for this year, and there's four this year, four more next year. Yep,
0: uh, let's see here. We also have uh, other games coming to Switch that were announced, yeah, big giant
2: list, including. Here. including
0: Crisis Core,
1: colon, Final Fantasy VII Reunion. We talked about that in the uh, Square Enix stuff from last month. Yep. It Takes Two. Yep. Game of the Year. Game question the year. mark, question
0: mark. It Takes Two. Resident Evil 2. Resident Evil 3. Yep. Resident Evil 7. And? Is it, and Village? Yes. 8? Yeah, Village is 8. I thought village, like, was the village 7. No, it's about oh, no, Village is 8. So all Resident, or I think the rest of the Resident Evil games. You see coming, the last
1: four years of Resident Evil games that are coming out to Switch. Right. On cloud versions, we
0: should mention. Yes, yeah, on cloud versions. Cloud versions. Uh, we also have Tunic, yep. uh, which was an Xbox game, now coming to come into the PlayStation, now coming to the Switch. Uh, Octopath Traveler 2. Yep. Um, so double your octopathing. <laughs> uh, Master Detective Archives,
1: colon, Rain Code. There's a new game by the Dongan Rampa people. Oh, those guys. Yes, those guys. And Radiant Silvergun. A classic top-down shooter coming to switch.
0: Yep, all that code to switch. Also, So many farming, farming sims. sims.
1: I just lumped them all together because I couldn't honestly tell you uh, which one was which. There's like <laughs> ones that are fairies, there's one with co-op, there's one with like... God, I don't even remember. But if you like farming games... There's plenty of those coming. Oh, yeah, and a remake of uh, formerly named uh, Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life. Now, Story of Seasons, A Wonderful Life. Uh, so, yeah, if you are like farming on Switch, you are going to have a good 2023. Yeah. And then, uh, as mentioned before, yeah. Fire Eblen, Colin, Engaged. Yeah. Look, engage. <laughs> Although you're not too far off, Plus because enough. what I understand is one of the reasons why it's subtitled that is because Marriage does actually factor into this Uh, game. Engagement rings have powers in this world.
0: They're rings of power? Yes, they're (laughs) engagement
1: rings of power. We'll
0: get to rings of power later. Yes, we'll get to rings of power later. Uh, And that was Nintendo Direct. It sure was. In the UK, because they didn't watch show this in the UK for specific reasons.
1: Yeah, all right. Let's talk about Zelda. All right.
0: Zelda! Zelda. Uh, Yeah. Legend of Zelda... Breath of the Wild sequel mm-hmm. uh, will not be named Breath of the Wild 2. Right, no. They they, they squashed those rumors. Legend of Zelda, played.
1: of course, they were going to not name it 2. They never do. Okay. <laughs> well, they have a... Except for Zelda 2. Except for Zelda
0: 2. just <laughs> <laughs> came to me too late. But anyway. <laughs> well, they've officially announced the title for that game. Yes. Tears of the Kingdom. No, t- Tears. Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom.
1: No, they double-checked. In the Japanese translation, it is Tears, not Tears.
0: All right. Tears <laughs> of the Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, officially announced as the title. Um, official launch date currently. Yeah. Uh, May
1: 12th, 2023. I think it makes it because, yes, this is confirmation that it will not be coming out this year. It will be a spring of next year title. Which we kind of figured. Which also leads some credence to people being like this is definitely coming out with a Switch, a new Switch, right? Like, there's no way it's not, right? Like, I imagine announce it holiday, release it May. I could see that happening.
0: You mean besides the Pokemon
1: Switch version that's coming out? I mean, you know what I mean. Like a proper new hardware. Not, yeah, okay. a, not a revision of the Switch. I mean a Switch 2. Like a new console. Like, that's what this. it seems like this is leading to. It's what they did with Breath of the Wild 1. Mm -hmm. So, not too surprised if that happened this time. But yeah, they also showed some new footage. Uh, Seems like maybe some story bits if you are a lore uh, person for Breath of the Wild 1. Maybe you learned some things out of that. Didn't mean anything to me. Uh, But yeah, um, and maybe some new gameplay stuff about like some space elevators that Link can ride up and down. Um, So yeah, uh, but honestly not that much more footage. We still don't really know what this game is beyond Breath of the Wild again. Uh, So yeah. We'll learn more, I guess, when we come closer to that May release date. Uh, but,
0: yeah, we have something for everyone to now yeah. talk about and theorize about. Yeah. Tears of the Kingdom and, uh, like, a trailer as well for people to break down a yes. two-minute trailer into 30-minute right. videos. Not even two
1: minutes, <laughs> I swear, a minute. Yeah. If that... Yeah, that was the Nintendo Direct. I think a lot of people were disappointed who were expecting uh, those Zelda Wind Waker remake rumors. Uh, And also, the big one, Metroid Prime remake, not even being there, um, it makes you think. uh, Metroid (laughs) DLC. (laughs) Doesn't seem like it. I feel like we missed that window. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Maybe next time. Sorry, Metroid fans. Maybe next time. So, what have you been playing? Oh, wait! There's still one last thing. <laughs> one last thing, but it, there's not a whole lot here. Uh, I'll let you take the lead on this one, because I don't know. if you Did you watch this? I watched it. I did not watch this. I watched it. I missed it. PlayStation
0: uh, announced, like, day of, that they were having a state of play. Yeah. Uh, it was really weird, because they said, like, hey, coming later today, we're going to do a state of play. And uh, yeah. everyone was like, here it is. On? Okay, here it is. Um, so, some stuff was revealed, including Project Eve, codename. Project Eve. Yeah. Got renamed into Stellar Blade. I love a
1: Stellar Blade.
0: the trailer was shown. Uh, space Game.
1: Yeah. Space Game.
0: Uh, team Ninja revealed Rise of the Ronin, yeah. which is another one of those um, samurai games.
1: Yeah. It's just, they just keep on coming. I'll tell you.
0: Ghost of Tsushima, like yeah, opened I mean, up this door. I
1: think because of how successful it was.
0: Yeah. Um, they're then also Tekken Eight was announced, yeah, with
1: a really lengthy uh,
0: cinematic.
1: Honestly, I think it. this is the biggest deal of the show. I yeah. think that fighting game fans are coming out of the woodwork excited about a new Tekken game. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to have uh, next year be uh, Street Fighter Five and Tekken Eight. Yep. It'll be it'll be cool for fighting game fans to have both of those huge franchises uh, put out new games next year.
0: Yeah. So Tekken Eight was also announced, and then. Uh, we've actually got um, some more evidence or evidence, some more um, knowledge about what the PlayStation exclusive quest was going to be for Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah. It's a Hogsmeade quest. Yeah. Sure. That's all it
1: is. Yeah. So, again, so, okay. that game complicated. It's got a lot of baggage, but uh, maybe it will be yep. good. And they closed with a new God of War Ragnarok
0: trailer. All right. how excited are you? As well as a new exclusive controller.
1: All right, tell me about how, how jazzed you are still about God of War.
0: Uh, I was hoping that when they did this announcement that they're going to, re- like, say, we now have more pre-orders for the Yotner edition. No,
1: of course they're not going to say Ah,
0: uh, come on.
1: <laughs>
0: I was trying. Give me my Yotner. No.
1: Right. However, they did show new footage. What do you think?
0: Uh, it still looks beautiful. Yeah. Um... They confirmed that you're going to all nine realms. They confirmed that, hey, look how big and beautiful this is. Um, a lot of lore yeah. is going to be thrown into this game. Cool. Uh, if I can't already stamp it as my game of the year, I'll okay. have to wait two more months for it. Yeah. Because uh, that's coming out in November.
1: Oh, uh, I just noticed. Uh, we have a uh, couple questions in the chat. Hey, fun
0: question. When we get to the movie section. So, we'll get to the yes. movie section.
1: We will. We will. Sorry, we missed your message. Uh, we will get there uh, when we talk about some movies later. Yes.
0: All right. Well, we'll get to movies in a bit here. But we're still in video games. Uh, yes. So, that was Ubisoft, Nintendo, and PlayStation, all doing the
1: state of play. Yeah. All right. So, so let's... Uh, let's move to thoughts then. We hmm. played some video games yeah. this week. Uh,
0: so, as I was mentioning, um, I was gonna play Splatoon 3, but I forgot to put it in my queue in time, so instead I, uh, got Digimon Survive. Oh, okay,
1: alright.
0: So I've been playing this on the Switch, uh, for the past couple of days now. Um, I finally turned in Saints Row because I was not gonna finish it. No. no That was dumb.
1: Uh, I'm still so disappointed in that game.
0: Yeah. Um. So Digimon what a Survive. Yeah. Uh, this is a more action role playing than it is actual like Digimon fighting. Yeah. Uh, it's more we're school children and we're gonna like talk with everyone and have extended cutscenes and so much dialogue that by the time you actually get to actually play, um, in the XCOM style, uh, Crisis Core um, gameplay, of Tactics uh, with your Digimon fighting okay. that it's so few and far between that I'm like, okay, finally I get to play. And then it's over in like five minutes after like four <laughs> turns, and then it's back to more and more dialogue. Right. I want to say this is because I'm in the beginning. Sure. But I'm trying to like establish like I don't know that, the characters. I think that might just be this game. But it might just be the game because. There's just so much dialogue, because even when you're not fighting, there's sections mm. where you have to talk to at least twelve people and complete 12 tasks before you move on to the next section of the game,
1: and you would think that this would be something that you would in- like that you would love because you are the audience for this game. you were yes. somebody who grew up with Digimon and like and like you would seem like you the demographic to be invested in the lore here. Yes, but are you that invested? No. <laughs> I
0: think it's not the best because they're dealing with a completely new set of kids. And Uh even though, like, oh, yeah, like this design matches this character and that character. So they're kind of mixing magic from the different uh, Digimon seasons. Yeah. But at the base of it, it's hard to draw me in when the purpose of everyone being together is that they're literally trapped together in the school. Mm -hmm. So the. Basic premise is that there's a mudslide that happened that blocked off all the exits. So you and your classmates are stuck in this school, in the mountains, where Digimon are appearing. Uh-huh. So you all have Digimon partners and are fighting Digimon who appear, but you can't leave. That's why it's called Survive, <laughs> because you're trying to survive amongst uh-huh. all the Digimon that continue to appear, because you literally cannot leave this situation.
1: So, so it's hard to... Realize the stakes if you're talking for 80% of that. Yes. Yeah.
0: That's Because they set up that up at the beginning, saying that, oh, we're stuck here. Like, we can't leave. (laughs) And then my brain goes, okay, Okay. so you can't leave. This means that you're stuck with whatever supplies you currently have. But the supplies you currently have are basically school supplies, and you're stuck in this abandoned school. So how much of these actual, like, abandoned school supplies is going to allow (laughs) you, seven kids to survive before you actually need more supplies and that kind of logic takes me out of like, oh by the way there's also Digimon running
1: around that can kill you <laughs> uh, yeah Oof. that sounds complicated so That sounds like it's a good game waiting to be played more in between cutscenes
0: uh, it's, yeah, it's a lot of cutscenes um, luckily that there's a way to fast forward through all the cutscenes <laughs> Uh, but one of the interesting dynamics is that when you face Digimon in this in um, the battle system, you can talk to them, and if you answer correctly, you can get them to join your team. So you get um, across classic Digimon like Patamon, like Biolan, um Gazamon, to talk to, and yep, just right over here, to <laughs> talk to them. And if they like your answers, they'll join your team. The problem with this, yes. though, is that they give you four different answers. Mm. So, you it's basically trial and error of yeah. trying to figure out what the correct answer is for this specific Digimon to join your team. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just going to hop on a wiki yeah. and try and figure out, okay, what are the correct answers to get me the best odds here? Yeah. Instead of what the game wants you to do is co- continue battling and talking with them and until you figure out, oh, I need to answer of this question, this question, this question, and this question. But, that gets too tedious and too um, in, lost into the weeds of like mm. oh, understanding a Digivolve's personality. Where I don't care what I have to answer, I just want them on my team so I can yeah. battle with them and Digivolve them. I don't care what the answer is that they're asking the question. I just want to know how do I get them on my team so I can level them up.
1: Right,
0: and that's where it's losing me. They also try and add like the like force you to use specific characters. And their specific Digimon, but I also don't want to use them, yeah. Because I want to use the team that I want. Basically, I just want to make Super uh, Cyber Slips again. The right. so Cyber Slips is more of uh, my warrior style, more my
1: style than yeah. Survive is. Well, I'm sure they will. I'm sure that these games probably were both pretty good hits. So I would imagine that that this is not the end of the Digimon game. No, the it's not. Game.
0: But if you want like actual like story based yeah. game, Digimon simpler, Survive. More if you want style. more it's, like bat, like battling style, um, like one on one battling, yeah. um, Cyber Slugs, which came out a couple of years ago. All
1: right, good to know if you're on the Digimon beat. Yep. Uh, speaking of beating, uh, well, not really speaking of beating. I guess speaking of snapping, you've been snapping yeah. some pictures. Yes.
0: Uh, so a game that came out a year ago.
2: Yeah.
0: Officially now available on PlayStation Plus. Yes. So it's part of the free. To play games, uh, if you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's Tome. Tome. T-O-E-M, Tome. Yes. What uh, is Tome? Tome is a adventure game where you're just going around and taking pictures. The world okay. is in black and white. Oh, okay. And you're walking around in this black and white world, and you're snapping pictures of everybody, of all the little beings, Try to fill out your uh, little... Um, Bulbapedia. Yeah, it sounds except a little the, bit uh, Pokemon, Pokemon Snap ish
1: except not on Rails.
0: No, so, yeah, you're not on Rails. You're going around, you're talking to people, you're uh, completing different challenges, quests, and tasks of people. Uh, and everything that, um, one thing that I really liked about Tom is that everything within the world can complete completed within the world. Okay. Well, like, I think there's like one task in each place that you have to like advance the story in order to come back and complete it. But that's just for like trophy hunting. Otherwise, um, all main tasks that the story gives you can complete it in the world before you continue. And mm-hmm. I really like that aspect. Right. It's kind of fun. You're just going around taking pictures, helping out people. It's a nice uh, little quiet game. Yeah,
1: seems like a nice wind down
0: it's game. It's a nice wind down game. But it's also moves very fast. I think it completed in about four hours. And then I 100 percent it
1: within the fifth hour. <laughs> nice. So yeah, a nice little digestible thing. Perfect okay. for something that's available on like a service like PlayStation Extra. It's also a thing, it's like a good palate
0: cleanser, like coming yeah. from uh was it? Saints Row. Right. Where everything was run around, choo, 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 blow up, blow up. Right. But this is a nice, like different vibe. Different vibe. Like a step back. Like, ah, games can just be fun. I don't have to have like a main villain chasing me down. Or I don't have to have like Big world, take I just go around and take pictures.
1: There was a hot second last year about games where you took pictures. Yeah, uh, there was that one, and then uh, Umorangi Generation, and what was the other one? I played the like the uh, I forget what it was called. <sighs> totally, where you're also taking pictures around like a small like island location kind of thing. I don't remember, but anyways, yeah, like it seems like it was there was a hot second there where everybody was putting out their picture taking game, but this one seems like. Well, this One cool. step
0: came out two right, years ago, three years ago.
1: Yeah, uh, that was last year. That not. was not last year. It was just last year. That was last that year. That was last year that was a 2021, <laughs> it was a 2021 game? game? I thought it was a 2020 game. No, because it was announced I think at the end of 2020 and it came out in 2021. Ugh.
0: Yeah, it's been a long year. No, I thought it was a 2020 game because it came out whenever it was in lockdown. No, it was the year after. Because right. it was
1: after Animal Crossing.
0: Oh, it was like with Animal Crossing. No, it was the uh, year after. Uh, anyway. so it was a long
1: year. Who knows? Time. Time. Whatever. All right. Anyways, that's Tone. It's a nice, fun yes. game
0: going out there, right?
1: But have you played more of the game that you talked about last week, uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley? Not a whole lot because I was playing Tome over the week.
0: Uh, but when I do open up my laptop and eventually like want to play a game, I do find myself going like, "Oh, let's go back to the Dreamlight Valley and clear some stuff."
1: Yeah. Well, I have jumped into. Dreamlight Valley, since we talked last week.
0: Did I sell you on it? So, yeah,
1: I think so. And then uh, also, like I said, our resident uh, p- podcast cozy game expert, uh, friend of the show, Christy, also jumped into Dreamlight Valley. And it is all we've been able to do all week. I have put procrastinated on so much moving shit that I have to do because Dreamlight Valley exists. We are all in on this game. Really? Yeah, everything you said last week is still true. It's a v- like a combination of Animal uh, well, Crossing's like gameplay loop plus a little bit of, like, a farming game like a Stardew Valley. Uh, Of course, Dreamlight Valley is very clearly trying Mm -hmm. to evoke that, Um, but without, like, the stress of an actual farming game. So it's, but with the additional layer of, like, RPG-style quests. So you're getting story on top of Animal Crossing gameplay, and the story is all linked into, and the quests are all linked into stuff you would have done no matter what crafting items gathering things um, going to locations on in, uh, in your little air in your little village area buying things uh, but of course all of this with the Disney dressing so mm-hmm. if you're excited about oh I get to meet Wally and invite Wally to my house this game is made for you this right. game is literally for those Disney adults who want to live with in fact Even the story is introduced as, you are a Disney adult who is stressed out at their job. What if you fell asleep and ended up in Disneyland?
0: So you go to your cabin, and then you're, like, (laughs) magically transported away to Fall asleep? You
1: fall asleep, and you dream about Dreamlight Valley. Yes. And you make all this shit up about living with your favorite Disney characters. But that's the thing. On its like on its face this should be a basic ass mobile game and it feels like it should be but they put in some surprising amount of work into this game to make it a pretty quality experience. Do I have gripes about the frame rate on Xbox Series X? Absolutely. It's a locked 30, which is disappointing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look good enough to have a locked 30. Like it's it looks pretty mobile gamey. So there's no reason for them to do that when apparently on every other platform it is a 60 frames game. Don't know what's going on there. But two, and yes, does it have issues? Absolutely. There are a bunch of bugs in this game. I had one memory that I unlocked in Merlin's house that got stuck under his... Ah, um, uh, yes, I Under that. his... Uh, uh, couch. Under his piece of furniture. Yep. And they just patched that out in uh, two days ago's patch. And I was like, oh, thank God. So they are working on bugs, and it's not a perfect game in any way. I think also a lot of people might bump against how mobile gaming it can be at moments, a lot of quests are very grindy. A lot of quests are like, get 70 of these things from this thing that you, you have to fish to get. I'm like, come on, Moana. Don't make me get 70 of these fibers. I don't have this time. But, uh, but it's designed that way because it wants you to play over time. It doesn't want mm-hmm. you to play four hours a day. It wants you to play, like what you said, like an hour a day. Like over 30, and seven, mm-hmm. 30 minutes a day. Just stop in, do a quest here or there uh check in with your, your uh friends and then move on. But the treadmill is well designed enough that if you want to you can spend four hours playing this game. And I have already. <laughs> it's pretty addictive the, the the
0: the loop that they've developed for this game. Yeah. Also like the amount of quests and like the urgency yeah. that they provide for you is not urgent enough to where like, oh I need to get this like get this completed right now. The stakes it's, are never that high. It's, no, they're very low stakes. It's yeah. very oh um like you said, like fish for here. I don't want to like sit here being be fish, 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 fish. Yeah. I'll fish for halfway, leave, come back, finish the half for some other
1: time. Yeah, it's honestly, it's the Animal Crossing game that I feel like everybody wants, but Nintendo will never make, oh, which okay. is an Animal Crossing with stakes, essentially. I yes. mean, again, they're very low, but it's an Animal Crossing with a story is what this is. And so if that sounds like a game that you want to play, there's a pretty low bar of entry, too, because like we said, it's on Game Pass. Um, so if you have an Xbox and that sound, and you like Animal Crossing and those kind of cozy games, it's almost a no-brainer to try this out. It's a better game than it should be in almost every way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I'm playing so much of it, I'm like, oh god, oh god, is this gonna be on my top five this year? (laughs) Oh god, what is happening to me? It's making me into a monster. Welcome to the Disney world. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, I'm not even that much of a Disney adult anymore. Like, I do appreciate it. I mean, here on this podcast, we've done several podcasts dedicated to ranking Disney things. Yes. So it's not like that I don't like Disney. Also, it got us to rewatch Frozen last night. Yeah. Chrissy uh, it was just like, hey, I want to watch Frozen okay. because I'm thinking about Frozen. <laughs> I got Kristoff in my village and now all of a sudden we're thinking about Frozen again. Um, and so, yeah, it's... It, Dream my Valley is a quality product, uh, at least for the most part. It has some issues and they're ironing them out. But other than that, yeah, I'm surprised how much it's grabbed us. It's we're we're in it, and uh,
0: we're probably gonna play more of it. Yeah, I want to wonder because um, you're obviously playing a lot more than me, which is <laughs> surprising all for all. a game. About, yeah. <laughs> uh, when yeah. When you're gonna hit the like basically the end of oh I've lost all the characters that I currently have. Where right. are they gonna add more content?
1: And that's gonna be the question. I feel like that this game lives and dies by being updated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I but I feel like I have enough locations still on the map that I have yet to unlock, plus like staircases upon staircases of realms that I still have to visit. And so I, still, I don't right. imagine seeing an end anytime soon. But I could be wrong.
0: Right. I mean, eventually, because you need to farm your dream light to unlock all of this. Right. It's going to take a while. How much of that is going to be like, oh... That's thing 500 like 200 200 200 200 which is back to grinding To grinding and, to I, unlock a
1: five thousand a five thousand yeah, light um, area I feel like that is going to be ultimately the line that will be too much for some people and not enough for others is how much you're willing to grind for these quests mm-hmm. if you have the time and you put on a podcast I think it's a perfect podcast kind of game for grinding and I think I really enjoy that. But I'm also somebody who basically who loved Borderlands 1 because of that, how much of a grinding game it was. Right. So yeah, it, some people are not going to cotton to that, but hey, turns out it works for me. So yeah, Dreamland Valley, uh, check it out. It's a little bit of a sleeper hit, I think. I think people are going to be really surprised with, in a Genshin Impact-style way, with how much of a quality product this kind of low-stakes thing is.
0: Well, even Genshin Impact kind of limited you Right. Initially, but then they eventually added, more, added stuff. more stuff. This is,
1: yeah, that vibe to it. But it is a paid product, unlike Genshin Impact. So, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, check it out. It's cool. It's cooler than I thought it would be. <laughs> anyway.
0: Anyways. Uh, I have, any other games
1: you've been playing? No, that was the game I played this week, which meant I did not play anything else. So, yeah. Right. It's looking even uh, less likely that I go back and finish all the stuff that I started, so... Hopefully I'll
0: get to it. So, a um, little bit of sneak peek here. Yeah. I've been playing a mobile game that I got pre-access to, but I can't talk, not allowed Ugh. to talk NDA! about it. NDA! Yes, even wow. though, like, clearly one person listens to the show. Thank you. <laughs> at, least, at least one At person. least one. At least. Uh, but uh, I can talk about it next week, and I can, uh, I don't know if I can tell you even the name of it. Don't tell me. All right. Um, I'll say that it was shown earlier right. this week, Okay. I won't tell you where it was shown or All whatever, right. but it was shown. I got access to it because I okay. said you can sign up and get access, so I got access, okay. and I've been playing it for the past week.
1: Good to know. Let's move on All right. before you break any NDAs. Nope. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move into television. Yeah, mode. let's turn into the television section, and we always start the television section with the sports corner uh, right behind us here, and uh, baseball uh, making the most headlines this week as Aaron Judge just continues to dominate with a obscene amount of home runs. Um, He's leading in
0: home runs. He's leading in ERAs. He's leading in on base percentage. He's basically leading in pretty much every category. Did
1: you see, though, why that might be the case, though? Somebody put up some stats that I thought were fascinating. The players that have had the most down the middle in the heart of the uh, the strike zone pitches, Mm -hmm. he's number two on that list. Stop pitching to Aaron Judge! (laughs) Just walk him! Don't pitch to him anymore! He's done. Why are you pitching to Aaron Judge? Sorry, that's funny. I'm just completely like why? What If you do, If you could pitch around Shohei Otani, right. you could pitch around Aaron Judge. Treat him like you do Trout and Otani. I don't understand why no one is doing that with Aaron Judge. Do you think like there's just a curiosity to see how many he can hit? Like do this No, so no, because
0: curiosity is actually going to our next story, Albert Pujols. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We'll get there. But
1: yeah, what do you think is going through like management's Mind of these other teams, especially their rivals in their division. Why do you think p- pitchers are pitching to him? Because if they pitch, so he hits
0: a home run, he can clear the bases.
1: Yeah, but is that it, worth it well in the if,
0: way the game is played right now? Especially if it's just him and it's one run, you don't want to get him on base. I would understand
1: that next season when it's going to be when when it's going to be hard, like, easier short, to get hits. Bases, yes. Well, that but also easier to get hits with the shift being turned off. Yes, essentially. But this <laughs> year, though, with the game played as it is, home runs are only a piece of the puzzle, right? Like, I don't know why you would... Why would you let somebody get so many home runs? Why? Mm. Uh, he's close to getting on the
0: Roger Morris record of yeah. 60.
1: Yeah, I, I bet he does it, too. Yeah. He's got a, whole, a few weeks of games to play.
0: Yeah, think he has 70 to get to, like, then, the
1: steroid era. And then playoffs. <laughs> playoffs. Because you no, know no, the no, Yankees no. are going. Well...
0: They're not clinched yet.
1: No, but... There's still a
0: chance they can lose. But come, like, come <laughs> on. Let's, let's be
1: real. They'll yes. show up somewhere. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's just... Aaron Judge is having a ridiculous season, which means that, again, you have that conversation, just like last year, about the MVP race in the American League. Does Otani, like, eke out by the fact that he is a fucking unicorn and he's doing something <laughs> nobody has ever done before? That or... Is- are people distracted by the sh- the glitz and glamour of the home run number for Aaron Judge? You have
0: Eric Judge in number one in all the batting stats, but then Shelly Town is at number three. Yeah, and, and the
1: pitches. And, and pitching he's had to think, at number two. And he's fantastic at pitching. I just, I am afraid that. Oh no, he won't get back to back MVPs.
0: He won't get back to back MVPs. Oh no, our poor boy. Whatever shall we do? But he deserves
1: it. That's <laughs> the thing, is that he one hundred percent deserves that spot. But people are gonna look at like the like oh be distracted by Aaron Judge's number and be I mean, like, Oh well, C- obviously it's Aaron Judge. No, not obviously it's what the Miguel
0: the Cabrera and Mike Trout argument where yes. that Miguel Cabrera had more home runs but Mike Trout right. had the triple crown. And Mike Trout is Mike Trout. <laughs> and didn't win
1: because Ariel Carrera had more home runs. It's just, I'm very afraid. I wasn't afraid last year. I was pretty confident, and I was right. This year, I don't know. I think people are distracted by the shiny keys over here, which are uh, Aaron Judge's numbers. Yeah, it's, it's the warm fight all over again. yeah. Anyway, but yes, as you mentioned, though the other home run watch here is Albert Pujols, as he is only two home runs shy of the big 700 number. Will he do it?
0: Yes, people have been giving him down the pipe pitches. That
1: yes makes sense.
0: Yes, <laughs> basically, ever since he hit uh, 690,
1: yeah, everyone was like, all right, I it's with, like the
0: last month um, and left in baseball, people have been like, okay, let's try and get him yeah. over
1: that 10 home run. because of the context, though, I get it. Yeah. because he's a he's a legend in the game. He's been in the game forever, and also he probably will retire for sure oh, if yes. he gets this seven hundred. Oh yeah, Not he's retired. done. It'll be one
0: of oh god, I think five people who hit seven hundred homers. I almost. think so. Yeah. It's I mean
1: it's an obscene number to hit seven hundred yeah. of anything. Verified air if he can get there, but uh, and yeah, that'd be nice. It's a nice headline. Yeah. I like that for. Uh, Albert Pujols, it's truly, truly a, a
0: machine. Yes, truly a machine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, he's two home runs shy with about two weeks left of actual baseball to be played. He'll um, do it. There's actual bets going on of in Vegas of when he will hit it.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, right now, the current favorite odds are that he'll hit it in Dodger Stadium as they play in, next week. Save it for home.
1: And, well, let's save it his home. You know what I mean. <laughs> current home? No! no that's right! Hot. Oh my god, that's right! He's not He's He's a Cardinals! Oh my god! Yeah, wow. I guess to do it in L.A. because he was in L.A. for so long? Because he won a championship in L.A. Yeah, maybe that's why. Maybe okay. that's why. All right, yeah. all right. Sure. Whatever they do it, he'll
0: make it. He'll get there. He'll get there. Uh It would yes. be great if he does it in, in the same game. Yeah. It's a two-home run game. Yeah, just like, that'd be great.
1: Just like, okay, I yeah, hit 700. Done.
0: done. Uh. Done. Take me out of the lineup. i The done. Cardinals are
1: not going to the playoffs.
0: No. <laughs> uh, but who is, though? No, that's the thing, though, is that because, like, they know they're not going to the playoffs, and they're playing teams
1: that aren't going to the playoffs. Right, so it doesn't matter.
0: It's like, hey, this game really doesn't matter. Yeah. Let's help the one
1: guy who can get, like, a history stat here. Yeah. Meanwhile, though, teams that are going to the playoffs, and we talked about how these were pretty much shoe-ins from the start, the Dodgers and the Astros have both secured their place. Uh, they will be the ones to beat. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um... Unlike the Astros, who have just secured a playoff spot, the Los Angeles Dodgers are the first team to clinch their division, the in, yeah. in NL West. Yes.
1: So, yeah. Um, yeah, no real news here. Just, we knew that that was going to happen. But, uh but They yeah. crossed that 99.9999% yes, exactly. threshold. <laughs> so, we were watching, currently, the wildcard spot uh, for both of those, uh, both those divisions. Uh, who knows what's going to happen. Uh If the Angels sweep the Mariners this week, maybe that looks a little different, but I'm pretty sure that won't happen. You
0: mean if we sweep,
1: we bump up to a full percentage chance? Hey! (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, 0.09 isn't so glamorous, but maybe 1%. That's something. Yep. You're saying we have a chance. You're saying there's a chance. Anyways, Full percentage chance. No, there's not a chance. We're getting eliminated today. Just watch (laughs) Anyways, um... So, yeah, uh, playoffs are just around the horizon, so uh, get ready for October baseball. Yeah. In the meantime, anything else happening in the other uh, sports? Uh, week
0: one in sports happened, which means injuries are abound now. Check your opinion. You said sports. Team.
1: I think you mean NFL. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, week no. one of sports. Yeah, <laughs> <matters. laughs> week one of sports. It's only, yeah, it's the only sport that it's only matters. the only sport that apparently. matters. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, NFL happened. Um, college football currently happening as well. Uh yeah, it's pretty much yeah, it was, everyone's so hyper focused on MLB right now because right. it is coming down to the last two weeks, end of the season, before playoffs start
1: in October. But yes, football is but
0: happening. Football is happening, and um as we get closer to October, basketball and hockey will be starting getting into their respective sports as well. Indeed. Um and a little side note, uh no champions on the WNBA yet. Game four will be played later today. It's a two one
1: split. So we will talk about that next week once we have a winner. We might have a champion next week. Cool. All right, let's move on then. We do have champions. We do have champions, and because to champions of television, yes, because our first story is of course the winners of last week's Emmys. The Emmys happen on Monday night. And uh, Keenan Thompson hosted a very, very strange feeling ceremony. A weird opener. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, when we, when they, when he came out and ben was like, "Hey, we're gonna dance to remixes of television themes," I knew it was gonna be a weird night. And a weird night it was. Yes, there were several repeat winners, but there were some fr- surprising upsets. Ted Lasso uh, did win comedy series out of nowhere again. Lead actor Jason Sudeikis, of course, took his Emmy as well, and supporting actor Brett Goldstein as well. So yes, Apple TV Plus, big night for them. Mm -hmm. White Lotus uh, was the the limited series uh, sweep, uh, taking most of those prizes. Supporting actress Jennifer Coolidge won for that, well deserved, as well as lead actor Murray Bartlett and uh, writer director um, uh, Eric White. Yes, well, one for for. those categories. Yes, for both writing and directing. So, big for night for HBO. Speaking of HBO, Succession was your big winner for drama series. Again. Supporting actor Matthew McFadden also won, again, categories uh, in those categories. But uh, some surprises included Netflix's Squid Game. Star Lee Jung-jae became the first Asian actor ever to win lead actor in a drama.
0: Congratulations.
1: And meanwhile, Zendaya took her second prize for Euphoria. With uh, and making her the youngest two-time winner of any Emmy, so congratulations to Zendaya. Yeah. Other notable wins. Everyone loves Zendaya. Yeah. Other notable wins include Hack Star, Jean Smart for lead actress in a comedy, Amanda Seyfried for lead actress in limited series for uh, the Dropout. Yes. Julia Garner in supporting actress in a drama series, and the big wins Uh, that was Ozarks. Yes, for Ozarks. Uh, some surprise happened in uh, the competition program uh, as Lizzo won for Lizzo's. What is the name of the show? It's called Lizzo. Watch out for the big girls. Yes,
0: what? as I mentioned before yes. uh, in the music section, Lizzo is now an Emmy winner. Yes, uh, winning for uh, competition program, yeah. and she
1: seemed just as shocked as we were. because yeah. you thought this was a shoe in for the Amazing Race, as yes. it I, I, am I, I I, raced I, yeah, Yes, Amazing Race during COVID. Yes did no. not Lizzo uh, surprised everybody uh, strangely yep. on a show, show that was airing after the awards on NBC makes you think mm. anyways um, uh, meanwhile <laughs> oh no I guess it wasn't on NBC it's an it Amazon but Prime but I think they do have a stake in it
2: anyways yep. uh, uh, Adam an
1: Elementary also surprised everyone by winning a couple of awards including Quinta Brunson's uh, writing for the pilot and uh, comedy supporting actress for Cheryl Lee Ralph I uh, did not see that coming at all, uh, but I'm glad to see that show winning some awards.
0: Yep. Uh, Quinta Brunson was also nominated for lead actor, yeah. or lead actress in a comedy, but lost to Gene Smart. Yeah. But got the Emmy anyways, and then got the controversial Emmy. Yeah. With uh,
1: Jimmy on the floor. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon should have known that bit was over. Not Jimmy Fallon. Johnny's Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Kittle should have known yeah. that bit was over and moved on, but no. He wanted to commit... And yep. some people thought that was disrespectful. Um, I don't know. I don't even think about that until I saw people saying that. So I
0: don't know. I don't know. It's, when you had, but I
1: mean, maybe. they could go
0: to a, It's because they couldn't go to a wide shot. They had to keep right. it on a close up. Yeah. But that's what you want, anyways. When you kind of like significantly win an award like that, uh, especially being a first time Emmy winner um, right. and a shock, you'll want the close up. You don't want to go to a wide shot.
1: Yeah. Anyway, overall, a weird vibe to the night. Um, And I'm glad, but I'm glad that there were some surprises. It felt it, it made it feel a little less predictable than I think it has in the past. Mm -hmm. That being said, though, it was apparently the least watched Emmys in history. Uh, Low for the series. And I think that maybe for two reasons. One it was on NBC, not necessarily the biggest network right now. Yep. And two, it was on Monday. I imagine a lot of it was because people expected it to be on Sunday, saw football, turned it off, and did, then did not know it was airing on Monday. Yes,
0: Abby's competed directly against Monday Night that
1: Football, two, which surely week happen. one Monday Night Football. Yeah, it was a bad idea for NBC. They should have just moved it back a week. Uh, they probably couldn't because of rental place the place they were renting. Which also looked like a rinky-dink establishment mm-hmm. this year. It just was a weird ass. It was a dressed-up ballroom. Weird, yeah. It did feel have that feel. Uh, so yeah, an off year, I think, in a lot of ways. But uh, congratulations to the winners because those still count. Yep, <laughs> you
0: still count as a win, even no matter where you got it. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of like coming up against football, uh, usually week one in football, um, you have two Monday night games. But that's not happening. Instead, we got Monday Night Football Week 2 yeah. back-to-back games Right. coming up on Monday. So I think it was because of the Emmys. Maybe. That they Maybe Someone either. realized, hey, NBC, we can't really have two Sunday games if yeah. we're uh, clashing.
1: But it didn't uh, matter anyways. Fire whoever was doing the scheduling Yeah, NBC. Sure. Come on, <laughs> NBC. Let's move on to our second story. Speaking of NBC, flagship show SNL Saturday Night Live is on... Uh Which one to return for variety series yes, of against course. one competitor. So does that competitor. really count? Uh, but yeah. Yeah, there can only be one. Their new series uh, season will premiere in just a couple of weeks, but until then, there is some more cast news. Melissa Villa Alex Moffat, and Aristotle Atari will not be returning for the next season. Tears. That brings the departure number for the cast to seven, following the already announced exits of AD Bryant, Pete Davidson, Kate McKinnon, and Kyle Mooney. In their place will be four new featured players uh, joining the cast. They have added Marcelo Hernandez, Molly Kearney, Michael Longfellow, and Devin Walker. Molly Kearney, in, uh, in case you recognize that name, has appeared on Amazon's A League of Their Own and will become the first non binary cast member and uses gender neutral pronouns they, them. Marcelo Hernandez has opened for the likes of Tim Dylan and Gilbert Gottfried and has appeared on Telemundo's Acceso Total. Michael Longfellow appeared on NBC's Bring the Funny, hosted by Keenan Thompson, mm-hmm. and Devin Walker has appeared on Comedy Central and writes for Big Mouth, Netflix's animated show. Hey. The new season will premiere on October 1st, and the host-slash-musical guest is still to be announced. So, look forward to that. I, again, like I always say, always interested to see their approach when they do a new season. Mm-hmm. A little disappointed that they're not mixing up a weekend update. I guess Michael Che wasn't serious when he said he was done. <laughs> We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. I feel like he was pretty confident about that. I don't know. And this is just not a story. I don't know. We'll see, I guess, on October 1st. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see what the new cast is. We'll see
0: what the new, how the new writing is on yeah. October 1st. And still waiting to see who that first guest, uh, yeah. both, both host and musical guest, we'll will see. be. We'll see.
1: All right, let's move on. You watched a few things on television this week. Yes. I tried to finish one of these things. I I think I got a couple more episodes left. Uh, to which one? Uh, Harley Quinn. I'm not quite done.
0: Um, so, this one is just actually a shorter season. There's only ten episodes.
1: Yeah. I am, think I'm on eight. Okay. And so, I have a couple more.
0: All right. Uh, it's interesting to really Quinn with season three, because it's not much um, Harley Quinn being more of a villain, Being her being more of a supporting for Poison Ivy, who is the yes. main villain. I think... And there's a heel turn.
1: The vibe, yeah, the vibe I'm getting in this season is that they wanted to turn it into a more of an ensemble show. Mm -hmm. They wanted to be like, yeah, we can do an entire episode about an uh, ancillary character and make it work. And they do that here. The Shark King one? Yeah. Well, then, and the Joker episode. They're experimenting more with it being like, we have this big cast of characters, let's take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. And I think it works for it.
0: It's also one of the few animated shows on HBO Max that has yet to
1: be canceled. Right, yeah. (laughs) Fingers crossed! it just announced season four is coming, so we'll see. But yeah, um I yeah, I like it. Do you think they uh, wrapped it up well? I have not to the end yet. Um, so you're uh, so you saw eight, nine. I think ten. I just finished eight, so I think i need so, nine and ten.
0: Okay, uh, what happened in eight?
1: So there's the Joker one, and then the one after that is they have is the one with the after the King Shark stuff.
0: Is it the one where they're in Bruce Wayne's mind?
1: Yes. I yes. haven't finished
0: that one quite. Yeah. Okay, so that's one you're at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, it goes
0: some places. Okay. For episode nine and ten, I was not expecting it. Okay. Um, even when they announced, like, even when they showed, it, I was like, "Wait, is this accurate for DC? <laughs> is this accurate for where they're going?" Yeah, I don't I, know. It feels a bit weird of a turn, but then again, Harley Quinn as the show is a bit weird for a turn in the DC universe. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's weird in a good way. It's not weird in like, oh, I'm going to turn that off. This this isn't the DC that I know. It's amazing
1: the freedom that they're allowed on the show. The the things that they can do. Especially with the one I'm watching right now. Just the idea of, like, let's make an entire plot based on how wild it is that we have to see the origin story of Batman over and over and over again so much. Let's make that a joke, basically. Let's make fun of that exact premise. It's really cool. Like, obviously, something like this would never happen in Marvel. Like, they barely let that uh, MODOK show exist for a season <laughs> right. before canceling it. Something like this, and as far as they go with these characters, they would never be able to do with Marvel's characters anymore. Oh, no. This is, like,
0: DC on another level. This is yeah. how DC differentiates itself from Marvel. Right. This is where you take the villains, the rogues' gallery, yeah. and not only just make them likable, yeah, but somehow, somehow like... Put them into extreme situations and make meta-commentary on everything.
1: It's neat. It's one of those few shows right now that is doing meta-commentary, but in a way that doesn't feel forced. No. And I think that's why I like it more than like a Rick and Morty or like its equivalents. It's adult, but without being like oh, do you see how edgy we're being? No, it's smart in the way that it's edgy. It's like edgy with a point, with a message that it's trying to be.
0: It also knows when to pull back and yes. when to basically explain to the
1: audience, this is what we're trying to get at. In fact, honestly, I've been shocked with how less violent this season is compared to one and two. Mm-hmm. I feel like they really leaned into the ultraviolence in those first two seasons. This one, they feel like they don't need to do it as much anymore. Yeah. They're like, no, this is about the characters. We know you're invested at this point. And we, we are, weirdly enough. It's like... It's it's w- more well written than it should be. It feels very
0: similar to WandaVision, where it's not about yeah. the
1: action; it's about the character interaction. But it's not doing the thing that WandaVision does, which is at the end, like no, let's pull pull the lever and make it super comic booky. This never feels that way. This feels like no, we're telling a story first, and the comic book stuff, the references, are on the edges of that. And if you get it, you get it, but you don't have to get it. Like there were moments in that uh, in in the one that I'm watching right now, where I'm like. This I know is got to be a specific reference to either an episode of a television show I haven't seen or a comic I have not read. That's set up so specifically the scenario that I know this is specific mm-hmm. and who get, who pe- the people who get it are going to be like, oh, it's that. I don't get it. But it still works because there's also the story that's happening within, within that context that I'm like, okay, I don't have to get the reference because it's still interesting television. Mm-hmm. And that is the line that they're walking and I think they do a good job.
0: So, yeah, uh, if you haven't watched Harley Quinn yeah, it's
1: at all... It's good, it turns out. It's all on
0: HBO Max. Go yeah. watch it. Uh, so, yeah, even though... So, the first two seasons are 13 episodes. Season three is cut down to 10. Right. Um... I don't know why they did that. Maybe um, it's because they... they HBO
1: Max. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's because also they knew that they were going to get a pipeline to make more quicker. Right. And so they did the Rick and Morty thing and just like, eh, let's just do 10 here and then when we're ready to do we'll the next 10, 10, we'll give it a little bit of breather and then we got their next 10 already in the in the pipe. Right. To put out. Okay. Then you watched a couple of other things. Yes.
0: So, as I mentioned last week, I was going to force myself to finally log in to Amazon Prime. <laughs> yes. Specifically for Thursday Night Football. Uh, not listed here as a thought, but Thursday Night Football premiere actually happened. and It
1: hello- was football on Thursday night.
0: Yeah, but uh, hello, streaming technical difficulties. Oh, no. Hi. Did, did you not test your product before you e- wanted to launch it?
1: That's embarrassing. <laughs> That's embarrassing.
0: <laughs> uh, Go Amazon. Uh, my Twitter was filled with everyone having technical issues uh, with Amazon, uh, not just in their main broadcast, but also with their Dude Perfect broadcast. By the way, they <laughs> partnered with Dude Perfect, so that's a thing. Because uh, um, they saw still a things, thing? well, they saw like how like fun people were having with the Manning cast, uh, which is also still a thing for Monday Night. Okay. So they wanted to do that as well, where Got they had like oh, like the hip young people who. Want to watch it with like commentary of like they're watching it with their bros. Well, There's no football.
1: I gotta hope that never happens in baseball. Anyways, <laughs>
0: we already get uh, Apple TV Plus Balls, <laughs> Oh, Balls, that's Plus, right. South we Friday do night. already have that. Ugh. The exclusive games that blackout even if you're in a local
1: market. <laughs> oh my god, that, that, that broadcast sucks so much. Yes, it does. It looks beautiful. Yes, it does. But I don't want to hear that they're talking about. Anyway. Yes, it does. Anyway, send their cameras to other certain. Yeah. Yeah. So for Thursday
0: Night Football, Amazon decided to uh, uh, (laughs) get some actual representation of actual football players onto their (laughs) broadcast, including the likes of uh, Tony Gonzalez, uh, Sherman, uh, Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman, yes. Not the other. Not
1: that Richard Sherman.
0: Yes. The football playing one. The football playing one, Richard Sherman as well. Uh, and uh, Big Wit was also on there as well. Uh, from the Rams. Ah. Uh, so it, they, they got some names behind it. Um, some like actual football players. So you get more of like interpersonal analysis than you kind of would for an analysis yeah. game. But the actual like outside of like the broadcasting, it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it was a lot of lead-up, a lot of hype, um, as you would expect, for a first-time t- showing on a streaming service. Congrats, Amazon Prime, on your billion-dollar uh, deal. <laughs> but I don't know if how much I'm going to be tuning into this until so, like, so I'm like, actually forced to tune in, because I think it was also like, co-aired on uh, Fox uh, for this Thursday Night Football, yeah. but they won't do that for every season, or for every week. Um, they only get 15 games because they cut off the first one, because as uh, the opening game. you cut off the last one because everyone plays on Sunday and they don't get the Thanksgiving game. So mm-hmm. it's three games, which means out of the 18 games that they get played, they only get 15 of those uh, for Thursday night.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, Thursday night's uh, available on Amazon. It's a thing. You don't have to watch the pre-broadcast <laughs> or if you want to watch the do Perfect, it's there. Do they <laughs> do
1: the internet the slow
0: No, but they do actually do stuff in um, <laughs> halftime. Uh, okay. Um... Uh, like their stunts and other stuff. It's yeah. entertaining if sure. you're into *Do Perfect*.
1: If you like that kind of thing. Yeah, if yeah. you like yeah. *Do Perfect*. I'm not a YouTube person, as we'll get into in a little bit, so I yes. don't know a lot about them. But oh, yeah, that's my thing. Anyways. Anyways, because I was able to log into Amazon. Yes, yeah, because you actually had to see the thing we've been waiting to talk about.
0: Yes, uh, making
1: the cut, yes. season three. <laughs> Still not what I'm talking about, but
0: okay. Okay, yeah. So, Making the Cut is yes. back. Uh, more fashion. This is the one thing that we could agree on to watch. So, we <laughs> binge-watched season three. Okay. I don't like who won. I never liked who who wins these things. Right. Then again, I don't get fashion. Sure. I mean, check out the shirt I'm wearing. It's a graphic of a bear for those of <laughs> you on the YouTube. That's my level of uh, st- fashion and style. Yeah, it's fine. So, when the person who wins walks out in pants that are upside down. What?
1: What? What? Pause for effect. What? Pa- yes. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out the physics of that. Pants that are, pants that are upside down. Yes. So. So, they terminate before. So the pant <laughs> itself
0: is like a dress that cuts off on the knees like where your like waist would be uh-huh. but then like it comes up and then the legs are like sticking out on both sides
1: oh oh, so the oh, pants are oh. upside down. Oh that's what you mean yeah I was imagining so imagine like the belt line of the pants being at your feet and the and the ends of the pants up your legs that's what I was imagining
0: Well there's that too there's also the winter bike your entire look is an entire pant leg. Where, like, the, like the dress of the top is, like, uh-huh. the end of the uh, stitched like the um, waist of uh, the pants. Like, but super then, high-waisted pants. Yeah, but then it's just, like, a single pant leg all the way down in a dress style. This is weird. Anyways, so yeah. This is fashion. Cut. The, that is your winner of fashion.
1: That's that's the best fashion. Everybody
0: knows that. I mean, either that or the guy who put everything in neon green and pink. Oh, boy.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's making the cut. Making the cut. I still don't
0: know fashion. <laughs> yeah, but anyways,
1: but the Amazon thing that you actually watched here. Yes. Rings of
0: Power. Lord of the Rings Rings yes. of Power. Yeah. Finally
1: got around to watching it. Four episodes
0: are up um, as of this recording, and I've watched all four hours of it. And guess what? There's still another six hours coming. Woo! <laughs> or so I've been told. So you've been told. All right. This is... Is clashing of my ideals in the weirdest of ways. Okay, and we knew this going into it. Rings of Power has a billion dollar production budget into it because they're planning to make five seasons of this. Yeah, or so they've said. Um, that being said, with that kind of money behind it, you expect prestige television. You you're going to get high quality movie quality out of this. You hope. Uh, in the acting, and the set design. It's all there. In the CGI, in the yeah. set design, in every little nook and cranny, every little reference. Yeah. All the money is in the production here. It's all in the set design. Everything in this thing looks beautiful. It is fantastic. I'm in awe of several shots here that they're able to pull off and thinking that, wow, this is a TV show, and I'm getting this kind of quality.
1: Yeah.
0: That's what I expected. That's what I want, especially when they showed the, the trailer. Like, this is everything that you want from a movie in a TV show. However, because it is a TV show, you get constantly stuck in TV tropes Mm -hmm. and even the bad ones to where you're sitting with characters probably longer than you should um, to, they say, flesh out the characters, but in movies, because you're only limited to right. two and a half hours or two hours, that you have to get dialogue across as quickly as possible to move the plot along. In TV, mm-hmm. you don't have to do that. You can take time. You can use. Uh, you can sit with characters more. You can get more dialogue. You get more backstory, more fleshed out, which is great. I like that in a TV setting. But when you're watching something that looks like a movie and you get that kind of TV dialogue out of it where they're purposely stretching scenes and they have um, six stories, uh, very Game of Thrones style, all going on at the Mm -hmm. same time. And eventually, what I mean by eventually, the fourth episode, they finally start to meet up and plot lines start to converge. That means you just got through four hours of preamble, backup, setup, um, just to get to the actual plot of hey, these characters that we could have met and given you a quick backstory in a movie of um, mm. a five-minute montage or a two-minute montage uh, just to quickly explain their backstory or someone can tell you and not show you, um, we're instead going to pull it out into a full 20 minutes of this episode mm. and 10 minutes of the next episode and 15 minutes of the next episode. So by the time you get to them actually meeting, you have one hour setup. For each character. Uh-huh. And then you know
1: where they're trying to go next. So do you think it's an exercise in twiddling your thumbs until the next episode, to a certain extent? No. I think is there interesting things happening in these conversations, at least? It's an
0: exercise in expanding on the lore that is there to provide extra drama, to yeah. provide extra... Um, it's not space filling, it's not just wasting time there because there is interesting stuff that happens,
1: yeah.
0: Um, there is stuff that helps move the plot and helps like the characters grow, but it follows a very formulaic television of beat by beat, um, in a serialized structure of okay, we know you're here, we know we got to get to here by the end of the episode, so we're gonna make you go through XYZ instead of so just going through X yeah. and then getting there, we're gonna make you go through. X, Y, and Z in order to get to the end. Okay, are you enjoying watching this? Oh, it's so beautiful to
1: look at. Yeah, but besides that, are you enjoying the story that they're telling?
0: Uh, yes. Now that I know exactly where they're going, the first uh, couple episodes, I was yeah. a little hesitant. I was like, okay, I think I know where they're going here, but I was nothing that, like seriously grasp me, especially when you're telling um, all these stories disconjoined from one another. But once they actually started meeting up with each other and like the paths starting to cross, then I'm like, okay. Now the ball is starting to roll here. Now I get why people are excited about this. Okay. Now, episodes 5 through 10 that we're going to get are the actual like meat of Rings of Power. Ooh, so in one part, I'm kind of glad that I waited the four weeks because <laughs> if I would to given my review like, after the first two episodes, drop, I'd be like, I don't know who this is for. It's like part TV. It's part movie. I don't know. Like I know they're yeah. going to across, but it's it may take a while.
2: Maybe.
0: And yes, it did take a while. Yeah. It took four weeks or three weeks because the first episode was uh, there was two episode drop, so it took three weeks to get there. Yeah. But we're here now, and I'm actually enjoying it. It's just kind of like what Game of Thrones was, where those first like couple episodes um, were a bit of a slog because it was a lot of backstory. Sure. That by the time you got to like the third episode when they moved to the other castle, that. Their, the families are actually interacting now that you can get more of that dialogue of what made Game of Thrones good. That's what you're getting here with episodes um, like four. That now that people are actually meeting mm-hmm. and having conflicting ideals of what their goals are, now you're getting into a lot of like the fun stuff of having a Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power TV show. Cool.
1: So you're on board now. You're ready to. Wait, wait, it watch took a minutes. while, but I'm on board now. So we'll have updates, I guess, through uh, to come uh, until that season wraps up. Yep. All right. Well, in that case, anything else on uh, television that we need to talk about before we move on to cancellation? Yes, because
0: the Emmys happened. That means TV is coming
1: back. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we will definitely talk more about season premieres as we go on. Uh, Jeopardy's back. Yes, this fun. Celebrity Jeopardy on primetime will start in just a couple weeks. Yep.
0: Uh, some of your favorite serialized TV shows on network will be coming back starting yep. on Monday. Yes. Um, oh, all the way. Um, forgot to mention Master Chef has ended. Yep. Uh, but they, we will talk about that when it gets renewed. Oh, uh, well, sidebar right now. Uh, Master Chef got renewed for season thirteen. S- season twelve just ended. Yep. Um, it was a bring people back who yep. got eliminated style. Uh, all your previous eliminations, come back here. What, well, you just gotta win this, right? Uh, basically, digging into the well of the past eleven seasons. Yeah, why not? Yeah, um, version of one definitely deserved to win um, because yeah. they did. Because, because as it always is the case, they fuck up the least on the final dish.
1: Always.
0: Always, <laughs> they try and go so fancy. That they even that either the meat becomes underdone, or they run out of time and they become really sparse, or they miss something element on the plate, and so that's like oh you get ticked here, you get dinged mm-hmm. here, you get marked here, and this person who makes the fewest mistakes don't make your dishes so goddamn yeah. complicated Keep it that simple. you can't win. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. The fla- the profiles in the flavor.
1: <laughs> anyway, so that's Master Chef. I could win MasterChef. Yeah, well no, I don't have the two. see you try. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to cancellations and renewals. Disney bringing back Raven's Home for a sixth season. HBO Max will be renewing Rap Shit for a second season. Yeah, it's Rap sh- Exclamation point T. Sure, yes. Showtime has canceled Flatbush Misdemeanors after, second, uh, after its second season. As you mentioned, MasterChef. Fox will be bringing it back for a 13th season. And then we have three deaths to get through here. Ramsey Lewis, age 87, a jazz pianist. A pianist? Let me hit that in. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Grammy winner, in in 1966, 1967, and 1974. Ken Starr, age 76, from the world of politics, an American lawyer. He originally had Watergate here. Not Watergate, White Water. Different, no, White water. Different, consp- uh, different uh, controversy. Yes. Whitewater controversy in the Clinton impeachment trial. Uh, most people probably remember him from the Clinton impeachment trial. Yes, most of you
0: might know this from the Ken Starr report. Yes. This is that Ken yes, Starr. Ken
1: Starr. Uh, died from complications from surgery. Yes, but uh, the world of movies was shook uh, this week. Long time coming. Jean-Luc Godard, finally, uh, age 91 has passed. What do you mean finally has passed? Because I feel like every year or so somebody asks me, is he still alive? And I'm like, yes. Yeah, I feel like he died (laughs) like when we were in college 10 years (laughs) ago. No, he was still alive. Uh, He was making movies still uh, within the last five years. So yeah, quite a storied history, obviously uh, very important for the French New Wave movement in the 1960s. Um, definitely pioneered a lot of uh, important film techniques in that era that became very stock and trade among directors, including the jump cut. The indie jump cut. Yes. Um, definitely uh, a lot of modern filmmakers are indebted to Godard, um, yep. for better or for worse, depending on who you are.
2: We're divided. <laughs> divided. I'm on this podcast. Yes. Uh, we are divided. Days. <laughs>
1: um, also, yeah, Christy is also on your side. Um, yes. I showed her Breathless, and she said... She was complaining through the whole thing, and then yes. said she doesn't get it.
0: Yes, but then you have to put in the, the lens of, but this was the first film That's to do I it. That's I told
1: her, and she says doesn't matter. That doesn't make it fun to watch. It's like, all right, fine. Doesn't matter because someone will come along and do it better. Same, whatever. Anyways, yes, very important to films. I'm not even going to mention them. You know, if you know Godard's name, you know what he made. You know how important he was. If you went to film school, you definitely know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, definitely will be missed, and uh yeah, we'll probably see some tribute at the Oscars next year. Oh, uh, we definitely will. Let's move on. Uh, first, before we start the movies section, yeah, that's a perfect segue, we have a question from our audience. Uh, we have um, Richard Gloudman. Sorry. Go ahead. Messed up your last yeah, name. Yeah, Rich.
0: Gladman. Yeah, Rich. Mess up your name. <laughs> so do you want to help me out
1: here, then if you know? Yeah, it's Gloudman. Glauben. Okay. <laughs> uh, he's asked us a question. He says, Love you guys. Looking forward to listening to this on my long trip back home today. Fun question when you get to the movie section, which we are in right which now. Which we are in right now. Answer questions that you too can answer yes. on the Be Boat live stream. Yes. If you could make A24 create a movie based off of, YouTube, of a YouTube series slash miniseries, what would you choose? I wouldn't mind to see a good backrooms horror. So... Yes, I'm gonna but, t- toss this to you because I have no idea what this is. What Backrooms um, is? Well, I didn't even know there was a there was a bunch of horror series on YouTube. I didn't know yeah. anything so, about this. Oh, there's a lot of like m-
0: a horror mini series that okay. uh, creators will put out there that are interconnected with lore everywhere, uh, I see. Uh, and a community that helps put them together. All right, so uh, what's your answer? What he's referencing is the Backrooms, which is this horror shorts where um, these. Scientific guys have um, put up a electromagnetic field that entered into the void where things aren't quite as they seem. Uh, it's, uh, it's labeled the back rooms because it's may or may not have to deal with like living in a simulation. Uh, and when people and treating that like a video game, where some assets are pushed into out of bounds area, it's basically when you no clip.
1: Right, in
0: a video, yeah. in a video game. Finally, language I understand. Yes, but think no clipping <laughs> in real life. And you get to like, these weird, like voided out areas. Wow, okay.
1: So do you think that's a good answer? Do you think that would work as in. Uh, no, because this would work right? as
0: a Blumhouse film. Mm, than there than you go. Different tone, I see. Yes. All right, do you have an
1: answer for A24, though? Do you think there's one that's more than there, Wheelhouse?
0: Yes, I want to see an A24 film, The Life and Times of Jake Paul. In the style of Barry Lyndon.
1: <laughs> okay, well, first of all, I vaguely know who Jake Paul is. My understanding is he's not the horror dude, is he? No. So, no, this is not the question. You're not answering that. Oh, I am answering the question. Uh, it's race <laughs> up a series or mini-series. Does he make series or mini-series? Does he, he used to. Videos
0: about himself, though. He videos about himself, but... Getting punched in the face. Well, no, now he, that's what he does, but that's not <laughs> what he did before. Alright. Um, the other way you would do that is doing a Mr. Beast, uh, Barry Lyndon style. Who the hell is Mr. Beast? Exactly. You don't know who he is. He goes around and gives away people money. Well, then but again, I feel like discuss. you're missing
1: the spirit of this question.
0: No, i I think you need to pick a horror series. No, or series. no. He's referencing a horror series. Yeah, I know.
1: So you need to pick another one, is one I'm
0: saying. But A24 is more than horror, as we've seen with Marcel the, cell, the Shell. Guess, shoes on. Yes, I guess. I don't
1: know. Again, I think you're missing the spirit of the question. everything ever all at once. So, I'm sorry, Rich. Uh, he's not doing service to your question, but feel sure free to ask more questions to us, and maybe we'll like answer I them am better am. next
0: time. Because these are YouTube series. Much of the same, <laughs> <as> <laughs> like Michelle. <Lassella. laughs> okay, never mind. It be, yeah. Never mind. That's exactly what I mentioned. Michelle was an A twenty four film, which All right. was a YouTube short. Right, no. Yes, I am correct. I am vindicated. The audience has spoken.
1: <laughs> Fine. All right, you're right. Fine. So, so Jake Paul or Mr. Beast. Yes. Yes, and uh, the hell by the way,
0: if Barry Lyndon was too out of your uh, wheelhouse for you, uh, think Wolf of Wall Street then.
1: Okay, all right.
0: Think okay. um, uh, Susan Kane esque, not nothing of that grandeur, but where you're following someone who has the life and times of someone who is, comes from humble beginnings okay. to grandeur stage of YouTube presence okay. to transform that into
1: whatever they're currently all right. doing. All right, fair enough. Um, here's a question. Should I watch more YouTube? I feel like there's an entire world I'm completely ob- oblivious to.
0: Well, what, uh, <laughs> our resident audience here, which is referring to, is a very specific niche of horror YouTube shorts. Yeah. Um. I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, it is very much a thing. It's that's what, part of, like, the different rabbit holes of YouTube <laughs> that you can go down. <laughs> so many. There's so, so many, many rabbit, rabbit, rabbit holes. holes. Yes. Uh... You can if you want. <laughs> it's i really recommend it. Um, I'd start with Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, which can also work of, as I've a... I've heard of
2: that.
1: It can also
0: work as an A24 film, but also more blown up because it goes into the very weird, psychedelic kind of aspect of it. Um, probably more legendary than okay. anything because you can go very high-end with something like that. Sure. Um, maybe Sony Screen Gems, mm-hmm. possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh but they are getting their own extra uh, series on BBC, Channel 4, um, with Canadian television. Uh, that will be coming out, if it's not this week, it's next week. I know it's coming out soon. Um, right. You may know more about that than me. But it would tell me that's And then I'm going to be watching that because I think they're going to be putting it on YouTube as well. All right.
1: Well, cool. All right, well, uh, I learned a lot in the last uh, minute or so, so uh, thank you for educating And if me. you're thinking I'm
0: talking, uh, I, I want to mention Poppy about that, you're wrong. Poppy is not A24 enough. Poppy. Yes. Poppy. Anyways. Uh, oh, also, whatever that dad version is, the the, sp- the spooky dad one. All right. Yes, I'll if speak- you know YouTube...
1: <laughs> Yes, I uh, was just uh, waving yeah, right over your matrixing head. Matrixing <laughs> over here. Uh, so yes, you too can ask us questions. Like you mentioned, you can jump on the chat while we're live. We're usually live on Saturday mornings in Pacific time, I should say. Yep. Or you can shoot us an email. We'll say this again at the end of the show. But yes, email us at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. And we will read your question and answer it on the podcast. So thank you. Thank you so much. Let's move on uh, into the movie section and wrap this up because I have to use the restroom. Let's talk about uh, our weekend box office numbers first. Your number one movie this week was Barbarian, with a $10.5 million debut. Number two, Brahmastra, part one, Sheev. Shiva. Shiva! Shiva, with a $4.5 million debut. That is your Bollywood film. Hey. Uh, top Cracking in the top five, with $4.5 million. Nice. Moving down to number three this week, Bullet Train, with another $3.3 million. That's at 92 domestic. Yep. Will that hit 100, you think, mm-hmm. next week? No? just It's petering out now. Won't quite make it. Won't quite make it. Number four, Top Gun Maverick, making another $3.1 million. Still your best uh, performing movie of the year, $705 million. And rounding out your top five this week, The Invitation, with another $2.6 million. That's sitting at a cool 18. Let's move on to the next section here. Upcoming releases. One of these is not happening this week, but the other two are The Railway Children Return. Yeah. Uh, uh, says it in the movie title. I don't even need to elaborate. I don't know if <laughs> they ever c- leave it in the first place. <laughs> okay, all right, he says he loves all the answers, so good job, Mike. Yeah, yeah answer his question. You nailed it. <laughs> all right, Don't Worry Darling also this week, uh, which we have talked about briefly last week about the Vancouver Film yes. Festival.
0: Yeah, this it's, is a one to
1: watch. <laughs> this is currently
0: limited. I think it's going to go wide in October. But if you can find it, it's
1: out there. And yeah, this is the one with all the controversy about spitting and Olivia Wilde. So if you're following any that Stein. business, check out Don't Worry Darling. It's that film. Florence that Pugh of... is in it. If yes. you like Florence Pugh. I love Florence Pugh. Poo? Pugh? Pugh? Pugh. Pugh? Uh, Pugh. It might be Pooh, but I don't want to say Pugh. I, I joked the other day with Christy. I was like, I feel like Imogen... Imogen Poots, Imogen Poots and Florence Poo should do a movie to the, together. Pooh and Poots, <laughs> together at last. Anyway, uh, that's about where my sense of humor yes. is these days. Let's move on to movie news. Hey, you
0: forgot the big re release. What was the big re release?
1: Uh, so, because
0: Avatar 2 is coming out in December, yes. they are re releasing Avatar into theaters. Oh, is that what this is? This is Avatar yes. 1. Okay, yes. I didn't realize that. Yes, that is Avatar 1. So I
1: guess if you missed it in theaters the first time, somehow... Or if it's been 11 years since you've seen it which, in theaters. Yeah, more or less for me. Uh, you can do that again. Yep. So, go you for can it. Go
0: back to the you, land of Pandora. You blue freaks, go see your movie again. And realize, hey, I actually liked this film. Or, oh yeah, I didn't like the plot, but it looked great. Which is weird to think about now, because this is 2009 when it came out and now every movie kind of looks like that (laughs) where it's all CG and like computer captured thanks Marvel (laughs) thanks Marvel
1: All right, let's move on to our story this is a little bit of a wrap up story as we mentioned last week on the podcast Disney's D23 was happening in progress and it looks like we did actually miss uh, the Marvel announcements as they happened after we hit quit yeah they happened two hours after we stopped podcasting here's the wrap up of that news from last weekend Matt Shackman of WandaVision is confirmed to be directing the upcoming Fantastic Four film. That was the only
0: new announcement about Fantastic Four. Four. It was also the only new announcement that we kind of figured going into it was going to be announced. We were hoping for an actual cast announcement of Fantastic Four. Didn't get that, but we got confirmation of a
1: director now. Thank you, John Watts, for leaving. I guess so. Uh, Next up, first footage of The Marvels was shown. With co-stars Brie Larson, Tayona Paris, Iman Valolni, Vel- Vel- and director Nia DaCosta.
0: Yep. So there you go. Yep. Uh um, Marvels. Yep. Uh, that was exclusive for D23. And I really didn't do a lot of sleuthing to try and find if yeah. anyone was recording it.
1: I don't think. They're pretty locked down with that
0: stuff. They're pretty locked down with it. But yep. um, hopefully this means trailer with Black Panther when it comes out later uh, this year. Maybe.
1: I would see that. I, I guess that would make sense. I don't know, but
0: they've been like one film at a time. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what Because like did. the Black Panther trailer didn't come out until after Thor came out.
1: Right. So yeah, I wonder. I don't and know the
0: Thor trailer did. didn't come out until after Doctor Strange came out. Yeah. And Doctor Strange didn't come out until so right. after Spider-Man
1: came All out. Right. Infinite loop. Infinite okay. loop. All here. right. Let's move on. <laughs> the first look at Alakwa Cox's return in Echo will also make the return of Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin and Charlie Cox's Daredevil. That so, is, if you
0: don't recap. count Hawkeye as the return for Keaton sure. and Spider-Man, Only Home as a return for Daredevil. Oh,
1: there you go. Next up, Captain America New World Order revealed the return of Blake T. Nelson as the main villain, the leader, after first appearing back in The Incredible Hulk 14 years ago.
0: Yeah, this is a, one of those other, like, long-time Easter eggs that were planted in The Incredible Hulk that are just yeah. now coming to pass. Finally. yeah. Um, the first one being that what happened to Abomination, um, mm-hmm. appearing both in Shang-Chi, The Ten Rings, and more recently in uh, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law.
1: Uh, I see.
0: Okay. So yeah, this is uh, Marvel digging into the well seeing like, what else can we bring back that we kind of played and teased about?
1: Next up, the only team-up film in Phase 5 will be The Thunderbolts, and their lineup was revealed. It includes Yelena Belova, Red Guardian, Bucky Barnes, Ghost, U.S. Agent, Taskmaster, and Elaine. Elaine! Who the hell is Elaine? Huh? Who's Elaine? Actual Elaine. Oh, you... (laughs) Elaine! Got it, okay. And who is she playing? Oh, she's playing
0: uh, Contessa Valentina. But um, I don't want to put a contestant about things, but no one knows her by that name. Sure. So I'd rather just put
1: Elay! <laughs> <laughs> Got it. New
2: trailers we're showing. I for.
0: mean, I could put uh, uh, Madam President or something that. Yes. It's <laughs> the yes. 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 Veep. The Veep. The Veep.
1: Uh, new trailer shown on Loki Season 2, prefor- uh, confirmed to be coming next summer. Yes. Werewolf by Night, featuring Gail. Garcia Bernal and directed by Michael Giacchino. Yes. yes directed by Michael directed Giacchino. Directed
0: and scored by Michael Giacchino. Normally and
1: you get directed and written by, but this is a weird directed and scored by. Real quick, something I noticed about Dreamlike Valley. None of his comp- compositions are in that movie. No. Or in, sorry, in that game. In the game. I noticed there's a sound alike that sometimes plays that sounds sort of like the up score. But does not commit to it? No. And I'm wondering where those rights are wrapped up. If he's just like, didn't want to do the deal or something. Because licensed music does show up in that game, yes. but for some reason not his stuff. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. I was like, <laughs> there's a song that starts and you think it's going to be the up theme and then it bails before it gets <laughs> copyrighted. I was like, that's, that's weird. Anyway, sorry. Michael G. know, make that money. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania trailer uh, was shown featuring Jonathan Majors as King the Conqueror. Which we know is coming. Ironheart starring Dominique Thorne as the titular character. Which will be showing up in uh, Black Panther. Okay. Secret Invasion with Samuel L. Jackson reprising his role as Nick Fury. They had showed concept art before but we got an actual trailer which is out now for you to view. And uh, coming soon uh uh, b- 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 uh director Ryan Coogler showed off a new clip of Namor in Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, which will of course is coming November, just a couple of months away.
0: Now, we don't deal in the rumor mill here because if we did, we've been wrong on everything that was supposed to be shown oh, on yeah. D23. Oh yeah. Uh but current rumor mill is that Ryan Coogler is in talks to direct one of the Avengers films, oh. either King Dynasty or Secret Wars. Any cool? Um Apparently, there's also the rumor mill that uh, the Russo brothers had said on film, uh, or had said in previous interviews, that if they were to come back to the Marvel franchise, that they would want to direct Secret Wars, and that is officially the project. No word yet on who is directing those projects. They just announced them. But early kind of rumor mill is that Ryan Coogler would be directing one of those films. Got it. Well, we will certainly see... That's a lot. But then again, we had rumors that uh, John Watts was going to direct Fantastic Four,
1: and that didn't happen. (laughs) Who knows, honestly. Um, Also, then, also, uh, from D23, we had a little bit of a wrap-up for Star Wars stuff. It was not done as of when we called it quits last week. So here's what we missed. The Bad Batch Season 2 trailer was revealed with a release date of January 4th,
2: 2023. Excited
1: about this. More Bad Batch. Mm -hmm. The next animated series, Tales of the Jedi will premiere October 26th. Uh, You said of last year. You mean this year. Yes, of this year. (laughs) We're in 2021, right? No, no. First footage of Ashoka, the series, was shown, as well as the Mandalorian Season 3. Trailer out now for Mando Season 3. They also revealed the John Watts Project, as you mentioned, uh, that he left Marvel for as Star Wars skeleton crew, featuring a brand new character played by Jude Law. So Jude Law joins the Star Wars universe. Yep.
0: Uh, This is a brand new film, apart from everything else. I assume this is going to be in the same vein as both Andor and Rogue One, where there's not going to be a whole lot of actual Jedis in them, but rather take place within the Star Wars universe.
1: (laughs) Or so, I hope. This week, Christy saw um, a billboard for Andor, Mm -hmm. and she asked me when she got home, is Andor a place... A person? A race? <laughs> what is Andor? I told him it's, it's a person. It's a guy. It's a person. It's a guy. Anyways. No, that's a good bit
0: for someone who doesn't know Star Wars, though. Right!
1: Because <laughs> yeah, it sounds so too similar to Endor, which is a place. Yes. Why would they name a guy Andor when you already have something called Endor? Come on, Star
0: Wars. Well, because someone was just typing really fast and they wanted to write and or this. <laughs> Andor this. Andor this name. <laughs> and they said, oh, wait, what about. And/or. And this uh, name. What's a name. This name is and/or. We need another stupid name. We got another stupid <laughs> name, guys. And/or. Everybody get or. off early. We and made slash. A or And/or. No, just take out the slash.
1: We're done. Brilliant. Just brilliant minds. Brilliant writing. All right, let's move on to our second story proper here. Uh, that was a lot, believe it or not. This is our second story. Yes. Sony. What's going on with Sony? Not to be outdone by Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Sony is at 3,000 pictures is developing a sublime biopic. Yes, for yeah, band to sublime. Yeah, they are. With Hunger Games director Francis Lawrence about the group from Long Beach, California. Uh, yeah, and one of, of another <laughs> series of strings of biopics. The band's lead singer, Bradley Noel, of course, died back in May 1996 from a drug overdose, with the band's final self-titled album releasing shortly after, and of course going multiple platinum because it had super huge hits mm-hmm. on it. This, of course, gave us Santeria and... Uh, some songs i will not name here on the podcast yes that other song (laughs) that we can't name here (laughs) Uh, we just don't want to we can we got that explicit tag yes i don't want to talk about it okay i don't care for sublime what are your feelings about sublime
0: uh i I wasn't going to include this story because i thought oh just another one of those biopics. but then i asked around to people i was people love sublime people love sublime and we are be like yes i would totally watch a sublime to be fair
1: we live in southern california so it may be it biased sense. i am moving to long beach i will be a resident of long beach starting next month so i guess it makes sense we're in the sublime zone here yes Sublimation is happening around us but uh yeah no i'm not personally a fan i don't get it but i get why people like sublime sure whatever yeah. anyway it's just another step towards a Kirk Cobain. Biopic. You know it's happening. You know it's happening. I'm surprised it hasn't. Ha- well, I mean, there have been, but yes. not on a big scale, I guess. Yes. Let's move on. uh Next uh, bit here. Chris Mundy. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. this is just wrapping I'm up the sublime story. Chris Mundy, who wrote on Ozark and Criminal Minds, will be writing the script for it. Yep. So the script written. They have a director. Now it's time to be casting. Yes. We'll get there. Studio Sony also announcing new. Karate Kid movie uh, for June 7th, 2024. Yes, you heard that right. A new Karate Kid movie. Yes, which doesn't have any talent attached quite yet in regards to stars or director. This makes sense after the uh, the, uh, success of Cobra Kai, uh, the series based on the Karate Kid mythos. Yes,
0: um, they did reference that this will not be in conjunction with the Cobra Kai series that's going on. They also referenced that this will not be in conjunction with the Jaden Smith vehicle that ah. was in 2010. But they have to make this film, otherwise, otherwise they, lose they lose the, the right. IP. They, they lose they the rights. Love
1: that. You love when that happens. Yep. Next up, also new from Sony next year, is the next installment of the searching franchise. Missing, back on February or missing, which will be released on February 24th. Stars Mia Long and Storm Reed. What a good name. And an untitled true haunting movie from Screen Gems is actually going to release on January 6th, 2023. So two uh, horror movies, I guess? Uh, one horror, one suspense mystery. Suspense mystery. So uh, if you remember that
0: uh, Searching was the John Cho film where right. everything was filmed in front of a computer. yes, And you saw what was happening between him searching on a computer yeah. to find his missing daughter. Um, same kind of concept, um, but... This will be Missing, starring Nia Long and Storm yes. Reed. And then whatever Screen Gems has in their already existing bucket of horror films <laughs> is probably going to get released on January 6th because yeah. I doubt they're going to start a new film now with, uh, let me check, three months to go in the year. Yeah,
1: no, not enough time. So
0: yeah. look we'll um, forward those. Yeah, so it's an untitled true haunting film, meaning it's another one of these horror films coming out at the beginning of the year yeah. that. They, they have
1: well. yet
2: to.
0: They kind of do well. They I mean, always do well. Sony does well here in this like beginning space of no man's
1: land. Yeah, I feel like modern Sony feels like '80s Paramount, where they're just like they figured out the base, the the hit, the the singles, uh, like, eventually add up <laughs> strategy, like that um, uh, old Michael Eisner used to talk about. Yep, um, and that's working for them. I
0: think it adds up. That money adds up fast, especially when yeah. people want to go to the movies. But I mean,
1: as we saw in the box office. Four point billion of not film. not so much these days. Not <laughs> so much. Speaking of, as a result of these new films being added, Sony is moving back some other of their movies. Uh, specifically, more of their big budget movies. Specifically the Sony Marvel films yes. that they're co-jointing. First up, the Venom Universe's Craven the Hunter, looking for an October 6th, 2023 release date. This means that Madame Web, the Spider-Man spinoff, will now move to February 16th, 2024. Uh, soon, in the future, Sony Marvel is claiming that July 12th, 2024 will be a release date for something they have yet to announce.
0: Probably something they have yet to shoot as well.
1: Huh? Probably. But so they are
0: basically what that? claiming Who their knows? stake of um, yeah. a tw- July 12th, 2024 release. Yeah. If I had to guess, it may be Venom
1: 3. I would imagine,
0: right? I no. doubt they do Morbius 2. Morbius 2, let's do it! <laughs> I'm in. No. i um, it is far enough to where they could chew in a Tom Holland Spider Man film. Yeah, I feel like Marvel would have had to. Marvel would also
1: be uh, announcing that or talking about that right. or not. So,
0: probably not. But I yeah, it's too soon for that. I, well, cause this would be Tom Holland outside of MCU. Yeah, I wonder. Um, um. It may be the fan led uh, get Andrew Garfield back as <laughs> Spider Man and put him in the Venom verse.
1: No, I think that ship sailed.
0: I think so too. But don't tell that to the people online. They they still have hope. Don't tell anything
2: to people.
1: uh, (laughs) Just don't interact with them. Don't talk to them. Then what are we doing? That's a good question. Ah. All right, that'll do it for the the news this week for movies. Did you watch any movies? I didn't watch any movies. I didn't watch any movies. I was too busy playing some games. I saw a play, uh, a musical. I saw The Prom.
0: In person? person, The Prom? From Netflix is The Prom? And we're seeing
1: the. uh, With a
0: lack of. Yes. What's his name? No uh, James
1: Corden. No James Corden? Yep. Uh, no, yeah, and then uh, in just a couple weeks we're seeing Oklahoma uh, in, real, in real life, so oh, Oklahoma. Anyways, so yeah, no <laughs> movies though, no movies on television at least, except for Frozen again last except night. Except for Frozen again. It. Well, in that case, let's move on then, and wrap this place up. Yes, we are done here then. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Media Boat Podcast. Thanks for watching if you watched us live. If you would like to join our viewer and watch uh, live as the show happens, you can do so by going onto our YouTube channel Go to YouTube.com, search Media Boat Podcast, and that'll take you to our channel. Like, comment, subscribe, click the bell for notifications when we go live. All of that biz. We appreciate every single one of you, so thank you for engaging with us. You can also listen to us in classic podcast form if you're more of an audio listener. You can do that on any podcast service you subscribe to. Just search Media Boat Podcasts. I uh, include services like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen, put us in and you'll find us in your ears. We're in there. We're hanging out. You got a little table and chair set up. And then uh, you can also uh, find us on social media channels like Twitter, where we're at Media Boatcast, Facebook, where you can search Media Boat Podcast and find our page there as well. MediaBoatPodcast.com is where you'll find an archive of our shows. And, um, last but not least, as we mentioned in the middle of the show, you can email us questions, comments, feedback, anything you want to say about us to us, any combination of those words, uh, <laughs> by emailing us at media podcast at gmail.com. So we will be back next week for another show. We will have all sorts of new news and reviews, thoughts and everything else for you next week. So, yep. TV returns
0: so next week, so we will have thoughts on season premieres.
1: Yes, so. we'll probably some wrap-ups, too, like I
0: mean, um, The Bachelorette wrapping up. <laughs> so look forward to all that and more. If you're into those kind of shows. Yeah, all right, we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Bye-bye.